So we made it. It's where the roads led to. It's episode 100. This is two cents. It's the end of it. It's July 18th, tell me, 2017. Tell hmm? me if you can guess what this sound is. Definitely alcohol. No, no. Um, it's a monster can. You want to know why that's significant? You're that tired? For about the first 12 episodes or so, I think, um, I was pounding these pretty hard for this oh, show. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, just for this one, that's Back what I'm Back when you were actually in California, too. Yeah, yeah. A lot has changed since then. A so lot has changed. I am, this, is... this is probably my first monster in, I want to say, maybe nine months or so. Or, well, okay, first full can in about a while. Um, in about nine months, I had it like as a Jaeger bomb. But, uh, yeah, bottoms up. This is the live undoctored news show we do here at Dollar Views, or did here at Dollar Views, rather, where we covered technology, television, movies, streaming, virtual reality, video games, anything that happens. We did politics for a stint there. Uh, as I said, it's June 18th, 2017. It just so happens to be Father's Day, and we're having a send-off to our baby on its second birthday, which is pretty impressive. I'm Brian Gillis. You can find me on Twitter now, Brian Gillis, B-R-Y-O-N-G-I-L-L-I-S. You can email me, brian at dollarreviews.net. Uh, you can just reach out to us directly through our Twitter feed, at Dollar Reviews. I'm not here alone. Just heard his voice. I'm here with Stephen Mominex. I am Groot. I am Groot. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually I am footnoting at you for that, right by the way, because you said it literally seconds ago, and I was like, no, that's the one I'm doing. I, I'm, I'm looking at him right here. I got this very adorable Groot sitting on my desk. I got a couple of little... I mean, I got so many knickknacks on my desk now. We started the show. I had fucking nothing. I had, like, maybe a Mr. Potato Head, and now there's, like, a shrine of pop culture shit uh, <laughs> that I wish I could say this show paid for, and maybe nowadays it kind of does since we do have funders uh, we, we don't do this for free anymore we've we've come a long way uh but i don't know if that's actually this show that could be any of the shows we do uh did you celebrate the end of the show did you do some kind of big thing i know you were out earlier have you been telling people that you're no longer locked up on sunday nights like where, what are you doing well, next I, like where are you gonna see, go from here we gotta see what we're gonna do but i've been working like crazy all yeah. week uh it, it's it's just been that kind of week <laughs> Um, like, yeah, at least, uh, seven days straight, I think, or, well, uh, from Monday to Sunday this week, yeah, um, seven mm -hmm. days straight completely. I can't remember if I worked the night before last Monday or not, but I've just been, I've been at it, like, the whole time, and... Well, you know what I've been at, because I'm no stranger to telling you things, um... Well, we talk, it's good, <laughs> you know, we, we talk from time to time about things we do, that's... That's what we do, that, I, you know, and sometimes we put those conversations up online, and it's good. And this one will be. I, I found myself in a romance again, um, <laughs> a real one, not like a bullshit so one. So now it's where, defined officially as a romance. Yeah, it's a relationship. It, it's it's a real thing. <laughs> I mean, we can start if you want a rough timeline, because I'm sure she's gonna be on the show at some point. She's on her way here. She's probably gonna walk in in the <laughs> middle of this show. Uh, you still got your old mic, right? Yeah. Um, I met her on Tinder, which is par for the course for this show. It's like technology is the main thing. This this cavalcade of news from a millennial standpoint, basically. And I meet her on the most prolific dating site for our generation. Um, but it's like not that. It, it's It's kind of surpassed that to the point where n that first night that I met her, Against my better judgment, I showed her before sunrise. 
it was not my choice. I wanted to do two weeks notice. I wanted to do something else. I was like, no, oh, yeah, okay, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, you haven't deserved it yet. But yeah, yeah, we'll watch this one, whatever. Um, and maybe I, I lucked out. I mean, she uh, the next day took me to see Captain Underpants in 3D, which was awesome. Uh, but then this weekend we went to go see RoboCop in 35 millimeter at the New Beverly. You know, it's mm-hmm. how was it, that line? Uh, not too bad. We, yeah, no, we it's got, like there, you got there and time. you don't really care, right? No, yeah. didn't care. The, the line was actually fun. We ran into this guy right in front of us called Malachi. Um, had a great conversation with him. I gave him my business card. He, of course, got it right away because he, too, was waiting to see RoboCop. Um, <laughs> coincidentally enough, he actually sat next to us in the theater. Like, we didn't sit down together. He already had a jacket down because we had concessions. And we ended up sitting – like, it was just – it was too much. I hope I run into him again. I hope he's listening. I hope he contacts me. Like I said, he does have my card. Um, but yeah, I've done a lot this week. I applied for a job, uh, like related to this show. Upload VR is looking for a news editor. Hopefully, I get some kind of response. What what better way to go? Oh yeah, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. You can listen to like ten thousand minutes You've of content. Got two years worth. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, I I don't even know where to start with on the math of this. I mean, if they're all average around what, let's say two hours, and there's well, a hundred like, of these, that's my math two hundred hours on average. I I would say right? like it's ninety minutes an episode roughly. But we can round up to a hundred, and if there's a hundred episodes, then yeah, it's like I said, it's like ten thousand plus minutes, which is a lot of life. Um, it's, it's crazy. I'm just surprised it, that your computer is still living after all this time. From the beginning, we were just like, this thing is gonna die it, any second, and it's still don't kicking. Jinx it. That's uh, gonna be for sure one of the things that I do when I no longer have to do this. Like, uh. Ashley, that's her name. Um, she's more in tune with computers, and maybe I'll fix my desktop, or heaven forbid, actually buy a desktop, so I don't have to use this MacBook anymore. I can use it for other just things. Like, yeah, maybe I will build one, and perhaps I'll just, you know, with this free time, write my screenplay. Maybe write a new screenplay. I definitely want to get back into fitness. Um, well, for, I'll, I mean, I'll have, for that screenplay, just do what I do. Spend a minimum of an hour a day. Like, just set a timer and race it. I'm and bad at that kind of thing. I, it's really, like, you get a lot done, and it only takes an I, hour of your day. Best to get it look, done right away, and then the, you feel satisfied the, the whole reason, day. The reason I stopped writing the screenplay is because I needed a muse. <laughs> Where I was, I was at page 50, the couple finally, it's a rom-com, the couple finally had their first date. I didn't know where to take that. She yeah. and I just kind of had our first date. I'm transcribing, or like I'm, I'm putting together a vomit draft, and I'm looking at through my uh-huh. notes, and hopefully I'll be done with it by the middle of next month. I'm at page 123, and it's supposed to be like 30 minutes into the movie. Yeah, you're fucked. I well, that, that's that's really how like I just my vomit drafts are so fucking unbearably long because it's like they're just way too detailed. It's like at least I got this stuff there for a first draft that I can whittle down. And then easily present a second draft, but it kind of sucks. We were able to get Tyler on the show a couple of weeks back. I wanted to record um, Greg last week to mm-hmm. do like a little like box pop thing, but he left the party I was at. I, I reached out to Hamid, and since he was on our very first episode, it wasn't even called Two Cents yet. Or I mean, yes, it was, but not also really. Also, the only um, episode where we recorded in a room, in person, face to face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, I was just like, hey, it's, we're on episode 100, it's our last one, do you, would you want to get on? He's like, I don't know. I was like, okay, well, I'm not going <laughs> to push the issue on. 
If you don't want to be on a podcast, that's okay. I don't want to be on it either. That's why we're killing it, you know? Well, I'm drinking a monster. I'm having a party here. But we've chronicled so many things in these two years that it might not seem like much has happened, but I was writing this stuff down for the past week, and it's kind of crazy, and this is an incomplete list. It's not ad nauseum. The evolution of TV and movies via streaming services. Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, obviously, but Twitch, Filmstruck. There are so many now. There's mm-hmm. when, when you couple that with the evolution of the cord cutter generation, over the top as it's known, Sling, PlayStation View, DirecTV Now, YouTube TV, Hulu with Live TV, not a single one of those existed when we started this show. And now they have millions of subscribers apiece, especially at DirecTV Now. Um, just the inter- There's, increasingly interconnected world that we live in now through virtual integration growing, and really, DirecTV like, now being one of those that there's an AT&T Time Warner merger happening, Wanda merging with AMC, uh, the way Comcast is, uh, Sony, uh, just the internet of things like smart devices are, <laughs> you see them every day now. And two years ago, it wasn't a thing. Like when I was watching RoboCop during the intermission, I saw this guy in front of us. And he had his Nest app on his iPhone, and he was watching, like, the lobby of his store or something live. He could switch to a different camera feed. There was a hallway. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's like I'm in the Twilight Zone. Like, of course, I've seen Nest cameras. still, like, that's... This was the first time that I actually seen someone, like, perving on it. Like, actually surveying whatever equipment he had. And I was like, wow. Like, that's where we are now. I'm sure this guy had a smartwatch. He definitely had a smartphone. If he had a Nest, he probably had, you know, like a, an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, some kind of a dedicated speaker, some kind of digital servant. Um, and we're going to be talking about the, the next step of that in a minute here. Uh, but some of the other crazy things, probably the big one, especially with the upload application that I just mentioned, just the advent and rise of virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality, via launches of Google Cardboard, Oculus Rift, Steam VR, also known as HTC Vive, PlayStation Virtual Reality, IMAX VR, Pokemon Go, and and my impressions along the way, having done them in short supply, like experiencing VR for porn for the first time, getting to share that with people, definitely, obviously, PlayStation VR, and just like 10 episodes ago that I did a horror stream on Twitch because we got our first Patreon backer. Um, I, I just beat Farpoint this week. You know, like I... Like, virtual reality is a huge industry now. Like, Sony alone has sold over a million headsets. They only have 50 million PS4s in the wild. That's 1 in 50 people, roughly, bought VR on their platform. That's absurd. Like, we are at a point now where it is no longer future technology. It is current technology that has not been embraced. Like, the rest of the things on this list. Well, and then again, uh, a year from now, where do you think that's going to be? I mean, there's still, you know, it, it's out there. The tech is out there for people to get, but there still has not been that one major phenomenon that has made people go, I want to get that it, now. And it's still building up to that. But it, yeah, I mean, I don't the past think two that's years, gonna, it's crazy. I don't think that's even going to happen, though. I think it's more going to be... I read this interview that Doug Lyman was doing for his short called Invisible, and he's talking about the same kind of things that... Um, that Inarutu was talking about, or even uh, John Favreau, where like they don't know what people it is, are still trying to, f- with it. yeah, like they're still trying to figure out what virtual reality is. A lot of people believe, you know, it's movies that you're part of. No, it's like far different than that. Like at E3, I'll be talking think about this later. Is the best thing about it, like that's right to me, now, that's where it will be perfect. It's, 
the easiest because it, you it can is, enter yeah, it's, a it's, realm it and so actually well interact. But like they were showing games off at E3 this year where you have like the ability to have like full conversations a la Siri in game type of thing. Um, where like a year from now, really, it's gonna be very very different. By then, you know, Microsoft's gonna have their headsets. There's gonna be standalone ones, probably by Facebook and and by PlayStation, perhaps. Um, where you're not gonna be tethered. They already have wireless technologies. You can already use your mobile device if you have like Gear VR anywhere in the world and do anything and pretend like you're in something instead of where you are like it's escapism at in its most ultimate form and i think that's why people have not embraced it yet it is still there is an uncanny valley it is scary um but i think it's a good scary that it's going to change the world for the better like i think it could just if you were to be inside some kind of documented experience like Carne and Arenia, which I need to see eventually, and you've actually experienced the immigration process of border crossing, that you will become more humane, that you will see it literally from another set of uh, eyes, and it is your reality, virtually, that it's, it's just going to become... It, it's the new thing. It's going to be... It's the reason why I've been so enamored over these two years and even before that when I got a Virtual Boy in 1995 or whatever that was up until now and in the future just – and I know I've said this to you before both on and off air. It is the medium of our lifetime. The internet is a little bit before us. It existed. But well, this is a first. This is newspaper. That. This is movies. This is TV. This is radio. This is its own thing. Like, I, I could totally see it as a communication tool, but like mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, especially like I really am curious, you know, for to talk about the border crossing. Like I, I, I'm not so sure. Like if it really depends on how the person reacts to that, if it's going to influence their oh, just their of course. future line of thinking. But I, I wonder, like you know, just for purposes of entertainment, if it should be that influential, or just how much it would really fuck with your perception of reality, which is definitely I, I know that's something you've. Um, I have experience. You've had uh, yeah. th- that freak out period. I'm still, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm still like very much aware of what it is or maybe I'm just, I, I sort of approach it cynically where it's like I have to maintain an awareness. There's not been anything that has fully lost me into it yet. Or maybe I'm just not as connected yet. Maybe that won't happen yet. But just points as, close. Yeah, as a media tool, I think it's cool. I don't know if it's going to be the definitive one. I, I don't think but it will I'm, either I'm, I'm just because sure you have to we'll shut off the rest of the world. But in terms of interpersonal communication, I think it's going to be the go-to. In a couple of years from now, you're not going to Skype anymore. Well, you're going like, to be in a digital telephone, area. You know? it's, it'll, exactly. Like, the telephone, like as in the corded one that you had at home well, that even you kept there. But Skype, like, what I'm we're not... doing right now to record this show is no different than what Alexander Graham Bell invented oh, yeah, you know, like 150 like, years ago. It's, it's the what same I'm thing. To say is like, I'm not so sure, like, it's going to be something that people are going to use out in public. You know, it's, it'll be that thing that you have in your home. Even if the, you got wireless ones coming out, mm-hmm. we'll see. But um, I just don't – given how kind of fast. scary FaceTiming is or even Skyping with a camera where it doesn't seem like you're actually there with someone. You just have a better understanding of who they are. But when you talk to someone in a virtual reality environment – you do truly feel like you're there with them. Even if it's not a photorealistic representation of who they are, 
despite there being technologies to allow that now. Well, then also just how's the audio quality when you can hear just their like voice? This. Just like this. I, I, it's yeah, the internet. See, like, just I, like this. Is, voice I can over still IP tell, like, isn't hard. Yeah, it's, it's still not the same as like a voice well, from That's also because you can tell you're looking in front of you. You see your computer in your room. You know you're alone. You just hear a voice, and you picture that you're not isolated. Actually, I have a blindfold over my eyes right okay. now. No, okay. no, for, for real. Like that, I do that like, <laughs> that's actually smart. quite often. I've, I've well, done I have that to read for quite notes, a long time. Okay, so I, that's impossible. I'm not going to memorize this shit. That, that would, I, we wouldn't have done 100 episodes. We would have done 10 if I had to memorize it. Uh, but moving down the line of other things that we chronicled, um, the impending death of the widespread theater-going experience. How Netflix and Amazon, the, the screening room, uh, virtual reality have played a role in there. Uh, rude patrons, which is something that's come up many times on all of our shows. Well, maybe not Death to Cinema. Um, and I, I think that it's just outside of the revitalist theaters like the New Beverly or the Paramount or the, the special places like the Arclight or the Alamo Draft House, that things such as AMC Theaters and Regal, that they're just going to fold in the way that there are already I too just, many of them. I, there should not be like five per city. Those, honestly. Like, yeah, I yeah, think now most people like Regal, do. Honestly, like I, I'm done. Um, AMC, you know, I, I like that their uh, early AM shows are are like cheap, you know, but I only went to one this year and that went by fine because like, I was not by any people. When but. you have a device in your pocket that can not only record 4k, but also play it back. And on top of that, just wirelessly watch movies and TV on too many platforms to name, including even live TV mm-hmm. or live broadcasts like on Twitch or Facebook. When you have that kind of technology in your pocket, seeing it on a movie theater screen no longer matters. And well, you then, don't. Do you realize most how people many don't care. Don't even have 4K projectors yet. Yeah, Mo- like, I mean, it, most that yeah, I go insane. to like, do, but like the ones that I go to that I like do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like a bunch that don't. And then for those that do, with those change, they charge extra. Like it's a, a like, you know convenience fee. Like I I don't even know why. Movie it's, theaters. It's like big chains are the way that they do things kind of kill the business. I think theaters are going to get to a point where you, it's no longer a choice. You're going to have to watch it in IMAX or 3d or D box or 4d or whatever the fuck other technology. It's like they every have. phenomenon, like every big movie is, is kind of treated like that. Even if it's like mm. big or not 50 shades of gray, got a fucking IMAX release. That's just silly. It really? Yeah. But it happened. Mm. It's not a joke. Like it's going to, it's going to get to the point now where not only to, displace the rude patrons who are just going to watch it at home now or mm-hmm. pirate it some way, but also to make it more of a spectacle, a reason to go out again, to make it a special event. Because now it's just like, oh, you want to go? It's like $5, $10, whatever it is where you are. It's not that big of an expenditure. You know, it's it's not a night out. It is not special. There is not someone walking through the theater with, like, uh, with snacks asking if you want them. They're not pumping popcorn through the vents to make you buy the concessions. Yeah, you don't have someone you know, like William Castle with like shocking your chairs me and, and ask me if I want to buy any food or a mm. beer or, you know, things like that. I'm, I'm lucky that way. But I mean Sorry like literally the cigarette cart lady, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, like something like that. Yeah. Well, at the theaters, like they used to have those people walk in the aisles. Oh yeah. I'll take one of those. Let me get one of those. Oh, yeah, like, that's true. Like the experience in cinema Paradiso that film would not translate to the average film goer nowadays 
because you need to see that is your life by the way that's another good example i told you that right uh maybe uh yeah. just it it wouldn't connect because there isn't that sense of passion it, it's dying and the internet is causing that death and so is the advancement of technology well, and it's the just further short attention spans and having access to like so many things you know that we just it's just it's not special home we we try to consume almost any everything you know it's like just that term binge watching like it, it people have like this i have to get every digest everything now and they want to keep going it's like they don't know when to stop or to when pause, they allowed you, know? you to take the movies home they killed the theater they just didn't know it yet when they got greedy with the blockbusters and wanted you to buy even more of them with the t-shirts and the tv shows and the adaptations and the book on film type of shit that's when it started it started 50 years ago and it never stopped it's, it's just we're at a point kinda... now where technology has surpassed in the home what's available in the theater you can in japan buy 8k tvs they don't even shoot film on 8k like maybe Gardens of the Galaxy was 6K. I think you mean digital or video, but or even still, okay. Like it's at a point now where the you Guardians can have. Gardens of the Galaxy I, may have been shot that way, but there's no 8K DI out there. There's gonna be. If you shot it on 8K, it's in the vault. For when sure. 8K home They'll video becomes a thing, it. exactly, it's gonna be on. Well, there's not gonna be 8K Blu-ray. It's gonna go from 4K Blu-ray to streaming only. Or maybe you can download it on your hard drive and then it gets deleted after a certain amount of time or something. But we're at the end of the physical media period. Like, in the next five years, there's not going to be... There's going to be no reason. Not just in terms of landfills and uh, physical versus digital space, because we're getting to a point now where... And shows like Silicon Valley talk about this, or there's like a rumor that Google Drive is just going to be free for everyone. It's going to support your whole library. Look at what Amazon can do with their servers. There's no longer going to be a limitation on how much you can store. There's going to be an unlimited amount. And the things that people buy are going to be much more meaningful, probably. Like, food is going to be the constant but they're still with 3d printers like i saw this thing on twitter uh today where people at mit have found a way to 3d print pasta that can shift shapes that is fucking like crazy. it can yeah like you could already 3d print chocolate okay whatever that's just chocolate and and plastic is the given but they have organic materials now. You can 3D print hearts. When you can do that kind of thing, like, who cares about going into a dark room and shutting off the outside world and sitting in a room of, like, what, three or three to 400 people to see something that no one's seen before? That doesn't matter. What matters is going and seeing RoboCop, seeing your favorite film on a screen in front of people that you don't know who also want to see their favorite film with people they don't know so they can actually experience that that experience that you're missing out on because you're too young. Well, it's kind of you know? what I love about, like, new revival stuff, or not new, but, like, you know, revival stuff like mm -hmm. that's still happening. It's We're in the best of both worlds where we are literally, like, as far as cinema, I think we are in the best time right now where there are options. Like, I love living where I live because there are options to get pretty much any format or anything that I want. Yeah, I and it, I, you know, that's definitely do, true. Like, we do have a silver platter. We are in lucky cities. Yeah. Between you know, Los I mean, Angeles it, it and Austin, to video like video games, it goes mm -hmm. to music. You know, whether you want to get stuff on cassette or vinyl, or if you want to download or get something off Spotify, like yeah, fucking video games, N sixty four or PS four. You know, like there are so many options these days that it's crazy how awesome the time that we're living in is right now. 
Except it, you know, there's the bad things too. The the trends that have happened that are also helping kill cinema. Well, uh, we just find so much shit to complain just, about too. Well, but, the ubiquity yeah. of the shared cinematic universe, the DC extended universe, the ma- well, it, are, it predated the show, but the Marvel cinematic universe. I don't Universal's think it's, Dark it's Universe, it. Hasbro, I just think it's nearly the Lego end. Dimensions. It's, we're almost you know, at the end of a trend, I the, think. The American Ultra Shared Universe, you know, like, just the idea that... But this has been going on way back. I mean, you know, Quentin Tarantino is his own shared universe. Well, King, also Kong, Robert or, King Kong and Godzilla fought in the 60s. Godzilla's fought so many different monsters in the 60s. Um, I don't know where else do you go. Like, even go back to the Universal Monsters. You know, Abbott and yeah. Costello fucking met... Uh, Frankenstein and the Mummy, like this is nothing new. It's just insanely it's, popular. Like you said, right now. the word is ubiquity. The fact where it's almost not just assumed that it would happen, but required at a spectacle level, whether that be on TV or in movies. That it's no longer good enough that it is its own thing. It has to be a thing within a thing. Yeah, that's the uh, thing. It's so popular right now that it's just it's it's safe viewing. Like that's why I don't really get that excited by most blockbusters now is that they feel just way too safe like you know what you're gonna get like you've seen it before especially if you literally have seen it before in the case of disney uh the rise of their live reaction also known as the live action remake um disney's takeover lucasfilm marvel and pixar how they became a powerhouse the fact that they own marvel you know like they they own the industry they they have tv they have video games they they have They're theme parks right now. They know they, exactly they, what, what points to hit. Between Comcast and Disney, and even like to a lesser extent, like someone um, like uh, Amazon, the fact that you can just get more and more and more and grow your audience to a larger and larger place, um, and then like the downside of that as well. The, the legacy cool or revival shows, you know, making TV shows come back or making movies into TV shows or TV shows into movies, uh, just reboots. Like, look at how big Twin Peaks is right now. <laughs> or uh, even better than Twin Peaks, I saw the first episode of Riverdale, which is fucking Archie meets Twin Peaks. Um, and good, too. It's on Netflix. I'd check it out. It looks really pretty. Um, good acting, too. Just for in terms of CW show, I was pretty impressed. Even though I've seen one episode, I was like, damn, this is like top level CW. Um, pretty impressive uh, and then also the downside uh, of things and in terms of the end of my list here uh, just the increased casualty count from terrorist events celebrity deaths you know trump's presidential campaign uh yeah. how we're in a constant state of a news cycle the reason why i basically don't want to do this show anymore that there is no end in sight there's always going to be something new they if we did this show five years ago there would be weeks where we only talked for like 40 minutes because, well, nothing happened. Whereas now, every single day, even if you want to look at like... It feels as predictable, honestly, as the content that's just being put out there for us to consume. And that's where right? I, I mean... Like, they're I, I both know, being, being like, fabricated. I love the idea invented. of starting this at the time, honestly. And then just at a certain point after starting to do it, I just lost interest in reading news Same. or yeah, just stuff like that. And I, I was just done. And now I, I got more and more focused on just trying to create more honestly. And you can't exactly, you know, read about shit being made all the time because that's just going to fuck know, with you if you're trying to make stuff. I know my passion for staying up to date is going to live on. I'm sure maybe at some point in the future, I revive this show like TV is reviving everything mm-hmm. and I just take it another level. 
what I'm planning currently is just to continue the notes and put them out there on patreon.com slash all our views for supporters so they can have a little newspaper that they can read on a weekly basis just so they know the things not necessarily that I care about but that were news noteworthy things that you might want to know about outside of what CNN covers and thinks that you should know outside of the local news because for emerging technologies and for movie trends like outside of so-and-so is working on this movie um it almost never breaks through weird variety of stuff we used to it it was so different in like the first 50 episodes though and we would literally cover so-and-so is attached to this movie and it has a trailer coming out this date where it was us kind of just regurgitating what everyone else did and now it's just kind of like well i don't know what what discussion can you spark there other than it's being reported you know it's like i'll i'll see Mm -hmm. i'll see it if it's good you know, it's like I, it's I'm sure kind there's of a like a whole bunch of stuff coming out this holiday season that I don't even know about. Like, did um, you see that bullshit? Not even a thing. Seth Rogen, Rob Schneider, like tussle that happened on Twitter. No. Okay, so Seth Rogen retweeted this picture. He's like, "What the fuck?" Apparently, Rob Schneider blocked him. God knows why. Maybe over political things. I don't know. I don't follow Rob Schneider, and well, the show does. I don't. Um, and then people were like going out about it and then like THR and Variety and like Deadline are like reporting on this thing. I'm like, it's not a thing. This is a Twitter argument. It's not even an argument because one of the people is not allowed to talk to the other. Um, see, that's why I, d- I don't really like hearing about this shit. Like it, I don't really read stuff anymore because I figure like if it's important, I'll hear about it from somebody. Like they will talk to me about it. Like this already, it it's sounds bullshit. like I'm going to forget about like in a few days. It's, it's one of those, um, we don't actually want to report the real no- news. We want something that you'll talk about for five Sensationalism, minutes. Sensationalism. Yes. Know, yeah. It's not news. But then again, it's an just, item. Hollywood has always been like that. All about fucking. Well, not even just Hollywood. That's sh- yeah. That that's just that that is news. Like, if it's not someone dying, it's someone it's being born. And if it's, it's not the that, then you know it's the death of something. Like it. It's always how can we get the clickbaits? How are people going to buy our issue? Why are they going to tune in? And it's a never-ending cycle. It's literally a news cycle where it's going to come back around. You know, it's there. There's no reason to continue, and that's part of why we're ending. But now that I've done our little timeline of interesting things that have happened over the course of our show, let's do our final show. Um, earlier this week, Amazon set its sights on the kitchen in a modest way. They introduced something called the Dash One, which is one of their Dash buttons, except it's built into like a measuring tool. Sounds pretty cool. Waterproof, it's magnetic. The idea here is maybe you need like three quarters of a cup, but you don't, the recipe calls for like uh, millimeters, or not millimeters, like teaspoons. It can convert that on the fly. It's kind of like an Alexa device built into a Dash button that is also a kitchen instrument. It's really cool. It's available currently only for Prime members and costs $20, but if you buy one, you get $20 back for Amazon, so it's free. And then you also get like three months trial for Amazon Fresh, which is their uh, grocery delivery service, so that's cool too. Um, it's basically a sous chef for all. It scans barcodes. It, it will, you can ask it how to cook like uh, rice perfectly or whatever. It, it's a, a kitchen. Pretty soon uh, you won't have to cook. It'll just cook for you. Well, it already, that's what rice cookers are for. Um 
but that, like I said, that was modest. That was like Amazon doing an Amazon thing. Like, oh, look at our Amazon Echo look. Like, it's a mirror that tells you if you dressed well uh, or whatever. And they always have, like, these little things. Like, here's the fire stick. Here's the whatever. Um, they followed that up on Friday with something just fucking bonkers. Uh, they are buying Whole Foods for $13.7 <laughs> billion. Dollars. Yeah, where They're pouring the fuck did that $14 from? billion dollars for Whole Foods. They're really taking the they, food delivery business seriously, I think. They take all business seriously. They're big on TV, movies, I mean, video games, quality, though, live content, e-commerce. The only thing like you can't buy from Amazon is a car. That and like weapons, time. you know. Like there are limitations to what they will sell you. Um, but at the same time, it's a brilliant move if you think about it. Given that they already had Amazon Prime yeah, now yeah. and Amazon Fresh, like now That's we the own. One reason why that clicks is you know yeah. that exists, and once they have that, then then they have it. Like, they're, yeah, I mean, because they, they're Prime now and not Prime Fresh stuff. Like I yeah. looked at it; it's not exactly the biggest selection ever. It's like but Sprouts you got Whole Foods and to Whole, well, Whole Foods is already part of it. It's like Sprouts, Whole Foods, and like random other neighborhood stores. And so, yeah, when you actually Yeah, but own, I mean, it is still limited despite where it comes from. And mm-hmm. now it's just... Well, Whole Foods is limited too, you know. It's not in every market, and it's a little snobbier. You know, it's pavilions, it's Bristol Farms, it's on the uh, upper echelon of well, there's groceries. there's quite a few here, but that's, you know, that's, yeah. you know why. Well, of why of that, course I know why. It's yeah. why Trader Joe's are in certain areas, you know. Yeah. Um, the real thing, though, that I see this is that it's Amazon cementing their place not just in the food industry, but the brick-and-mortar world. One of the things that we covered on the show was, you know, them moving from internet only to real world when they created these buttons and these devices, but then even more so than that, they have bookstores. They killed the book industry, but they have bookstores now. They have convenience stores that are opening with uh, no tellers. It's just all automated. Um, This is probably not going to pan out 100% because they're claiming currently that the food superstore Whole Foods is going to operate independently. They're going to keep their higher ups, uh, but there's no way it's going to eventually become Whole Foods an Amazon store. It's going to just be another version of their walk-in expansion. Which is, but, it kind of bums me out. Like I, I think the buy uh, makes sense, but then at the, at the same time, you know, we keep saying Amazon's going to take over the world. Y- you take over. Welcome like, to the grocery Amazon shopping. And Prime like, to compete. Just some of our episode titles. Yeah, I mean, it's just still scary you know like amazon prime wasn't really a thing when we started this show they didn't uh, have any movies no well it was a delivery it was thing. Like, it was a delivery I, thing yeah all it, it was was two-day shipping prime yeah it was two-day shipping and it was like the kindle lending library now and i think some music a little bit of music yeah. but now it's a full-on streaming competitor now it's Twitch Prime. Now it's so many fucking things at the same time that it's almost required for, like, first American, like, not first American, but first world living. Like, if you don't have it, and yet you have Hulu, it's like, you're doing something wrong, dude. Like, you picked the wrong thing. Speaking of, I, I invested in YouTube Red, finally, because <laughs> I, pr- pretty much probably just because I want to see Ketty again. I mean, the, the thing is, like, with Prime... It's like I don't feel like I'm investing in a streaming service. I'm paying the same amount like now, well, maybe a little bit more um, that, you know, I would have. I think 10 years ago, the flat rate for uh, just Prime, just for two-day shipping was some like $70, $75 a year mm-hmm. back in like 2009 no, it's or so. it's $110 a month. Okay, not that much more. Like, And you get a lot more for that. I, st- I still have Prime. Like, you know, it's not a monthly fee. You know, it's an annual fee, and I'm mm-hmm. not thinking that I have – 
a streaming service that I pay for. It's just a bonus for this other thing that I use it for. It's a Costco card plus a streaming service Pretty much, plus a music yeah. service. Plus so like, it's like you get a ton of perks just for mm-hmm. this one thing because in my mind, it still really is two-day shipping. That's probably how ancient I am already. Uh, no, I, I see it primarily. that Like, that's still the thing that I use first and foremost. Yeah, well, you know, I have like the Amazon the credit card. I and I, with you, like, you can literally table. get credit cards on Amazon. Um, like, you can get pretty much yeah. anything. But here's the real funny thing that happened this week. It wasn't them making the Stichuan. It wasn't them buying Whole Foods. It was a patent resurfacing that they filed back in 2012 that is technology that allows Amazon to block shoppers in stores from comparing prices against online competitors. The only catch here is at the time, because this is 2012 and they didn't foresee data the way it is Mm -hmm. now, it was only if you're using the store's Wi-Fi. So they already had designs in 2012 to own markets, to own stores, and they were going to not allow you to compare it to Walmart's prices or Target's prices or whatever. And so I would probably assume that Bristol, not Bristol Farms, Whole Foods is going to use this technology, and you're not going to be able to stand there and see if it's cheaper across the street, which is crazy because that's the reason Amazon exists. I remember putting borders out of business, being in one of their stores, scanning a barcode of a book I wanted, finding it on Amazon, going, eh, I'll just buy it from Amazon. And now they're going to not allow you to do that. That's how smart they are. They're buying the store that you shop at and not letting you even contemplate shopping at another store while you're there. It's too smart. They are too smart. This is the company that is going to space. They're trying to take us to Mars. It's they are by and large. Yeah. They're already there now. By and large wasn't even as like crazy as Amazon actually is. I don't know, wait till Amazon's got like their own in flight service and everything. They're and going it, to they're probably gonna have an airline. They're gonna have a planet. It's gonna be called Mars. They're gonna have a fucking star destroyer. <sighs> by and large space shuttle. They will have a massive uh a massive shipping dock on the moon, I'm sure. Well, they're going to have the drones later this year. We know <laughs> that, which is just crazy because they're already... Oh, my God. You know what scares me? It, and this is actually something that's in a script that I'm writing, but, like, I look at the sky um, and just constantly mm-hmm. I'm thinking, how long is it till I'm just not going to see pure blue? Like, there's always going to be a drone up there, regardless of whatever time it is. Like, has that thought ever occurred to you? I mean, I started rewatching Gravity the other night, and you get that, you know, like when you see all those. Wait, no, not Gravity. What the fuck was I watching? I mean, oh, Wally's it's got uh, Triple X. In it. No, it's Triple X: The Return of Xander <laughs> Cage. Uh, the the plot of that film is basically there's a device that allows any satellite to fall to Earth and kill, like blow up things, you know. And mm-hmm. so you get these shots in space where just the planet is surrounded by satellites. Like, 100%. And, like, that's kind of the same idea that... Okay, but, I mean, Triple uh, X is kind of, you know, it, it's Triple X. says you, you haven't seen it. 
It's worth a watch. Really, it's, it's not Triple X. Is what it, you're it's it's garbage. It's I've it's seen not even Triple X. I've seen Triple X State of the Union. I, this is Returns. I recognize them both for what they are. I'm just saying this is that they are right up there, but like a little more campy. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying you know no, it's, what it no, is. No, right? I know it's bad. This this one is definitely bad, but it's also a good time. Like I wish I had seen it in theaters, and I wish I definitely saw it in 3D. Like DJ Caruso did a good job. Um, the good. cast He's is a really good, good. Director that doesn't get enough work. The the cast is super international and really really good. You got Dan. Donnie Yen, Tony Jaa, Vin Diesel. Um, I forget the the Indian actress they have. Um, like so many fucking people, and uh, like uh, Tony Collette plays is in the movie. You got Samuel Jackson. You know, you Where got the hell an, has she been. I know right? Sam Jackson. You got Neymar Junior in like a cameo role. Like there's so they got a Chinese star. Like if you can think of a place on the planet, they have a star from that country. Um, and the it and the action me, is the, like just bonkers. Like it, does Sam Jackson have an eye patch in that movie, or is sor- it just the no, scar? It's a scar. Okay, uh, for some yeah. reason I I thought like there might have been an eye patch. There no, as yeah, it's well. Nick like, Fury. He was donning Nick Fury before Nick Fury. But well, they no. they kind of have something in the movie where it's like a I don't know. Watch it. It's it's worth a watch. I got a free Redbox rental, so I did that way. It is totally like oh like when you do your f- buy one get one free rental. It's that. That's all, that's. If there's a 3D blue, I might rent it because I actually hear that the 3D was really yeah really I, well planned out. I, I'm not gonna watch it again in 3D. But I wish that Redbox rented 3D Blu-rays, and I definitely would have watched it that way, because it it's well, it's don't a have perfect a video store by you anymore that has them the video or... store by me that I work next door to that's been that, there since yeah. I was a kid is actually going out of business. But is there another one? Not there? really. No, not on my There's side like of town. There's like two that are walking distance from me. I mean, I did and get they do four have 3D more Blu-rays too. I did buy a couple more VHS tapes uh, this week though. So yeah. I, it's grown. I have like eight now. Like actually, mine, mine. Oh, I have ten. I have ten. Uh, most of them are Disney. Most of them are like the the Platinum series. Uh, but I got like Land Before Time, The Great Mouse Detective, The Parent Trap remake, and what was the fourth one I got? I think The Rescuers. Nice. I was like, okay, like that, that for a dollar. That was one of the few VHS tapes that I had. Like rescuers taught me to speak in English. <laughs> True story. Like that was one of the few English VHS tapes I had growing up. It's like, thank you, Disney. Yeah, thank you. But really, Disney and my mom were what taught me to speak English and Sesame Street. I love Sesame Street. Yeah, Disney sing along songs, uh, the rescuers, uh, some Ducktales tape, and I think there was Pete's Dragon and something else. I can't remember. I, but, I still haven't yeah. seen Pete's Dragon either version, but I bought that VHS earlier this year too. <laughs> also Atlantis. You know, what? Um, okay, here, the Three Musketeers. Funny Angels fact about uh, Pete's Dragon: What is the runtime on the one that you have? Oh, I don't know. I, it's in my living room. I have to. Yeah, because like go the, run and grab the it. movie that came out in the U.S. I think is like over. It's over two hours long. I think it's like two hours. And Original. 10 yeah. Like it's really? really, really fucking long, and I look at reviews for it, and it like it drags. You know what? So, no, yeah. here I'm gonna be right back. I'm gonna go fucking grab it. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. While he's doing that, I'm gonna get mine as well. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Where do they right. put a runtime? That's right. It's on the tape itself. How long does yours say? Because I got my copy on there, and it's a lot shorter than yours, I'm betting. 128 minutes. Fuck, that's a long Disney You want to know how long mine is? How? 106 minutes. Like, no joke. So, 
because I was living in Switzerland, the only uh-huh. VHS tapes that I had um, that would play in the region, they came from the UK. For whatever reason, they that was the version that was released in the UK. It was 106 minutes long. So the Blu-ray that I have of Pete's Dragon... When I was in London and I was, you know, I was just going around in shops and stuff, you know, I'm always thinking mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to buy an import. And so to me, for the sake of nostalgia, it seemed fitting to get a copy of Pete's Dragon from the UK because I had a VHS tape that was from there. And the Blu-ray I had is the same exact runtime um, as the one that I grew up with. So I have no idea how the fuck that's possible that even when you get to the digital age that they still maintain that version and... They're still wildly different. Like I, I don't know what happened. It would there. have to be since in that region, that's the cut that they got. They would want to preserve that for the same reason that you for wanted sure, the but... same one. Like you would. Yeah. You, well, it's I, basically no, I was director's not, cut. I was not aware of that theatrical. until like I bought it and I realized I was lucky. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just it's insane that to me to like because I know I've always known that movie to be like. I even rewatched it earlier this year when I was sick one day just for comfort. And even at 106 minutes, it drags in some places. So I'm thinking, how the fuck could this thing? I guess I'll find out. Like, yeah, I... like it, it seems like that would be way too long. Evidently, there's like some extra song numbers uh, that you have on there. I'm um, not sure. But yeah, I, the other I movie know. that I bought the other day, uh, I can remember, was Sword in the Stone. Um, so it's like, a fun movie. Yeah, my my I, VHS, VHS tape of that too. my Disney library is pretty substantial now like i don't ever really no, I, I there just, was a phase i'll pick where, them up because they're four for a dollar why not you know yeah there was a phase that i, I kind of got a bit nostalgic you can see this on my letterbox because like right after i graduated from college i did dip in, into nostalgia a lot while i was just doing nothing yeah, and a lot of the Charlie disney Brown watches on there yeah, <laughs> that was also prepping for the movie but yeah all the disney watches that you probably will find on there they're I, they're mostly VHS. I think they're even tagged VHS. Like I still have a lot of VHS tapes that are Disney just sitting somewhere at home. Yeah, like, like I said, I just I've been buying them up when I see them. I should have bought more, but I just wasn't. Well, I know you got a were... crap ton like that. I saw when well, I visited you that like, for sure. The first but time. See, yeah. that's the thing. When I saw some yesterday, like I saw Lion King, I saw Doug's first movie, I saw Rescuers and Rescuers Down Under. I saw like Mulan. I, I saw uh, the Little Mermaid, the original cover with the golden dildo on it. Um, I have that one too. I already have that one, so I didn't need a second. Yeah, I should have picked and it up. That's that's a copy that still has the pre-spawner on there. So I like I saw so many of them. I was like, I already have that. I have that. I have that. And I wasn't even thinking in terms of resale because I don't know. It just seems shady to me. Like I, I should have, but I, I don't know. I don't. I don't like buying things just to sell them. No, um, like, but talking about I buy buying those literally things, for a dollar, and it's like if I want to watch them, then I'll get them for that usually. But talking about buying things though. Uh, Verizon finally closed its deal to oh, acquire right. We're still doing Yahoo. Show. Yeah, uh, they paid four and a half billion dollars for Yahoo, which includes you know Tumblr and a couple other things. So put that in perspective. Yahoo, Yahoo that much? Yeah, yeah. Yahoo Mail, Yahoo Sports, Yahoo Finance, Tumblr is worth four point five billion dollars. Whole Foods is worth fourteen billion dollars. We're talking like almost. It, like literally three times as much money. How is the internet worth? Le- well, I mean, it's Yahoo, but now Verizon, which has renamed themselves Oath, it owns AOL, Yahoo, Tumblr, The Huffington Post, uh, Build Finance, Go Ninety, and whatever the hell else they own in their inevitable path to global dominance. It's a lot of shit. Like, 
I kind of want them to buy like a movie studio or something. Like I know Yahoo Screen failed really, really badly. Yeah. But I would actually like for them to try to do that again, to to do something now that they have all the because AOL just in and of itself owns so many websites, like Engadget and I think The Verge and like most of the sites that the internet turns to for technology news are owned by AOL. And when you couple that with the stuff that Yahoo owns and that Verizon just outright owns, yeah, like they have their own corner of the internet, which I'm, is fairly I'm still, scary. I'm still trying to process Oath at the same time. That like, there, has that brand even been put out yet? Uh, not yet. I mean, it's going no. to very soon. Since this, this, uh, this is not in the public consciousness. Since yet. this transaction has finalized and it is, they officially own Yahoo now. That is going to be when Oath gets rolled out. It's going to now, like, Verizon phones aren't going to be renamed Oath Mobile or anything. No, but it's, it's still going to be Verizon. It's wireless. their, I think it's just their their branding, kind of like how Google became Alphabet not too many years ago. And it was like, we want a corporate structure, we want a parent company. And this way, it's not like whatever it currently is, Verizon Online Services, it is Oath. Like, that is all of our online, that's all the, the pies we have. That is the whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's kind of catchy, I, I get it. Um, I mean, listener to the show, Hyro, works for Oath. So, there you go. Maybe we can ask him in the future if we do some other kind of different show where... I kind of just want to do an interview show, not not a new show, just interview show. Yeah, he's never been on here, has he? Mm-mm. Yeah, I know you talk about him a lot. Well, I mean, I used to record, like, the beginning of Dollar Reviews was recorded in our living room. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that he was one time there wondering before. what the hell happened to me in one of these episodes, too, when I just disappeared. Like, I think it's <laughs> like a power failure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> if you're listening to Hyrule, we miss you. Um, the last little uh, bit of news. He has to be listening, because like, I was surprised by that. It's like, wow, someone knows that I just disappeared in an episode somehow. The last little piece of news before we take a, a much-needed break. Um, Facebook and Apple took great strides this week in solidifying their plans for original programming. Before we know it, we're going to forget that they never made media in the first place, especially Facebook, since they are a social media giant, and now they're actually going to be a media giant, which is just wrong. If you think about it, I, I'm not comfortable uh, with that idea. The fact that they're going to have original movies and TV shows and Apple already does. Was it Planet of the Apps is already out there. Their carpool karaoke show is coming Uh-oh. out like any day now. And it's going to be the same story. Like I'm sure that, you know, they're going to join the pool of Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, XYZ. So many damn different services are out there where it just in like 10 years time, they're going to be, you know, they're going to have to make a new award ceremony. The Emmys, Tonys, Golden Globes, and Oscars don't cut it anymore. They have the Webbies. Maybe the Webbies have to grow to include, like, original programming. And that would be the most prestigious award for that kind of, like, this kind of content when it's internet only. Well, it's just a different distribution model. So, yeah, like, yeah. it has to be differentiated somehow. But... At the especially, same time, you know, like, especially with the case of the Emmys, like, you know, TV's evolving, so, uh-huh. uh, like, what are you going to, uh, that's going to have to be obsolete or, like, rebranded in some way, right? Because it's... Well, if you look at the Oscars in terms of you need to release it in theaters on a certain amount of screens by the end of the year, when you have something like Oak Joe, which is, or The Beguiled, which, well, Beguiled's Amazon, but even, even still... 
Uh, Oak Show's no, playing at the, the new Bev. The is Focus, I think. Is it, is it, oh, yeah, it is Focus. Yeah, and it just played at the new Bev. Uh, yeah, it did. This, yeah, a few days uh, ago. They're getting Oak Show. So I might go to see that. Really? Yeah, to actually get to see that on a screen. There's a 35-millimeter print? That's what they're getting, yeah. they struck for that? Mm-hmm. That is crazy. Yeah, they had a poster in the lobby right next to the RoboCop 2 poster. I was like, whoa. And they said that they're getting it? Yeah, their their site That's says insane. that they're getting it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wh- what day? Uh, I think it's later this month. It might be early July. Wow. Yeah. Th- okay. That should be cool. You lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> well, they also got I don't a video know if that drone. means I'll get anything then, but yeah, if the they got video drone like... on the 1st of July, so I might go see that. Even though it's not my favorite Cronenberg movie, I'm just, I'm curious. They already put out July's calendar? Oh, that one's on there, but yeah, it should be out by now. Mm. Or yeah, like, I'm used to them having the calendars come out late, like usually around like the 26th or 27th of the month. Mm-hmm. But well, the, you guys I, been yeah, listening I rarely for... check them anymore. You guys have been listening for a while, and that's not even just to say 100 episodes, but in terms of the one hour that we've been talking thus far. And if you like what you hear, since the show's ended and you want to find us elsewhere, you can find Dollar Reviews. That's our spoiler-free, no recaps for new releases. We do all kinds of shit. If it's streaming, if it's in theaters, if it is a blockbuster, if it's an art house thing, we're going to watch it. Um, the Big Sick is probably going to be our next movie. Maybe even like Patterson is going to be. I, I really want to see that. Um, but like recent films from this year, we did Logan, we did Wonder Woman, I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, The Handmaiden, Sandy Wexler, like I said, Power just Rangers. Power Rangers. We are going to go see it. We don't see everything because, hey, we don't get paid to do this. Well, we do now, but not even what we have currently isn't enough for one ticket for either of us unless it's yeah, at slightly like, the off topic, theater. But what do you do with the Patreon money? I haven't actually cashed out yet. So All it's right. just gonna. So you just see it accumulate on there. Yeah, for the, the so was, one month say, that we've had. How do we distribute that? I, I'll I'll look into it. We can probably like do a PayPal or like a uh, a uh, Venmo type thing where like we split it mm-hmm. or so. I don't know. I, I I've just let it like it's sitting there. It's like a piggy bank. So maybe what I'll do is I'll I'll save it and then when our domain name needs to uh, be repurchased, that I can use it for that or. Um, Maybe like YouTube Red or something. I can I can pay it that, and then you can have access to the account. Or I, I don't really know. Want I haven't me to see Ketty, don't you? Well, they have other content, but yeah, fuck yeah, I want you to see Ketty. <laughs> uh, no, I know you want me to. Plus, see then it. I mean, YouTube Red also gives you YouTube without commercials, their original programming, the movies they get. Plus, you know, you get Google Play Music Unlimited, so you can do music like any music you can think of without commercials as well. And I, I think you can add like five accounts, so I could add your account to my YouTube Red. At the mm-hmm. end of the show, if you'd like. Uh, so, yeah, we, we do a lot of movies for that. It's been going since 2012. Uh, our other show, our bigger show, is Death Cinema, which is our semi-topical list of shame show. Uh, our next episode is on The Stepfather, which it coincides with uh, Father's Day. It's our reversal of fortune on just... We're making horror picks for holidays this year just well, because been, it's fun. You were the one that called it that, which I didn't plan on that. But since you brought the attention to it, I'm just thinking that way where... You know, this year might be the year of holiday horror picks, and then next year is going to have to be some other genre. Um, Musicals. <laughs> uh, you know, I already did the musical Jesus picks, so for Easter. Go. Hey, hey. Um, like I said, we did Stepfather. We did some original remake double features. So we did The Mummy this past two weeks in time with the Tom Cruise one that no one saw. 
So we did the Brendan Fraser 1999 film, and then we also did Boris Korolev 1932. We did Cronenberg's The Fly and also Vincent Price's. Um, we did In the Mood for Love, if you're a fan of Wong Kar Wai, that's a good episode. We did uh, another Hong Kong film, Infernal Affairs, the week before that. We did a couple of Palme d'Or picks this year. Uh, four months, three weeks, and two days, The Conversation. Some Best Picture winners. Dancer we did in the Dark. Wings, Dancer in the Dark also, yeah. Uh, some foreign stuff, Time Crimes. We did some blockbusters that flopped, like Howard the Duck. Some... some <laughs> <laughs> zany cult films like Biodome. We're at 92 episodes. way, way too many of those. Now. 92. There's almost as many Desert Cinemas as there are. Like It's going to catch up to two cents very soon. Like, you honestly, know? I the one that stood out to me where I completely forgot we did an episode of was Odd Thomas. And I actually did re-listen to that before we recorded The Mummy because I was like, Good did episode. I say anything about Stephen Summers that yeah, I we should had try a- to remember? It's funny, I literally did say this, though, during the episode, which I, I laughed at myself, but I said, this is probably one of those movies where I'm going to browse through our catalog, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to see the title, I'm going to be like, Odd Thomas, What's what the that? fuck is that? Oh, yeah, it's the Anton Yeltsin movie. <laughs> yeah, and then I had to listen to it just to remember that. It's like, yeah, pretty much. Um, although, what's funny is that, you know, good thing about our episode was that I started remembering the movie the more that I heard about us talk about it, so, That's the point yeah, of, that That's worked the point out of the nicely. show, man. Yeah. Um, so we do all that. We did all this, and we used to do it for the funsies, but now we have supporters. They are awesome. There's Evelyn, who backed us with $5 a month, and also yeah. Tyler, who runs Future Horse Pod, who uh, gives us $2 a month. So between them, that's 7 bucks. That's not too shabby. Um, we do more episodes than that a, a, a month, but that's going to cease to exist. Thank God. Uh, Patreon, though, like I said, I've mentioned before on the show, if you go to patreon.com slash dollar reviews, you can see what you can get the money for. I'm going to update it probably in the next week. I want to change it around, especially like maybe the $50 a month is a little too high. Maybe I'll drop down to 40 for the ads, and you're going to hear one of those in just a second here. But all of our content, I don't know how you found it. Maybe you found it on accident or a friend shared it with you. If you'd like to share or like or whatever, follow. That'd be awesome because we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, Instagram, WordPress, Tumblr. If you look for dollar views on any of those services, you're going to find us. And then same goes for actually listening to it. You can go to Google Play Music, iTunes, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, SoundCloud. If you can think of a place where podcasts are besides Spotify, because they're ridiculous, you're going to be able to find our content. You can join the conversation. We would love an email. You can reach out to us, either Brian or Steve at dollarviews.net. Just comment on our WordPress, comment on our Facebook. Uh, matter of fact, right before I do this ad, I did post a Facebook uh, post uh, asking if anyone would like to share anything on the show. Let's see if anyone actually reached out. <laughs> I should probably check Facebook because I've not been on there in forever. In fact, you know, I should, I am so bad at this. I do not check the email as nearly often as I should. I check email every day many, like, do many you have times. it linked to your phone? Yes. I, it's in my Gmail app, and I just, I, I check it and check it and check it because I don't have notifications turned on because I hate notifications for anything. Um, so, yeah, we I got likes on the comment or on the status update, but no one actually said anything. It's like, oh, that's cute. He's reaching out for people and yeah. asking, you know, well, whatever. If, if we want to share anything. So since they didn't want to share anything, I'm going to share an ad. 
Um, this ad is for Rocket League. I've mentioned it many times on the show. I still play it. It's been out for almost two years Over now. Two years. It's going to yeah. be celebrating its two-year anniversary uh, at the, the first week of July. So it started right when we did, and I still play it. I don't play it as much as I used to because I got all the fucking achievements. I have 100% trophies for it. But the reason I'm going to mention it, not because it's an awesome melding of car action and soccer, or sock car as they call it, which you can play in either one-on-one up to four-on-four modes, but they add free content all the time. If you go to a retailer right now and get Xbox Live Gold, you get a free copy of Rocket League. And even if you don't buy it that way, it's only $20. It's on sale all the time. You get like the game of the year for only $30. Um, but they actually just started selling these awesome things. They're blind bags. So it comes in a ball that looks exactly like the Rocket Ball, the Rocket League ball, and there's an actual car in it. They're very, that's what a blind bag is. It's like one of 12 different designs. The one that I have is Merc. And they're those old-fashioned cars where you pull them back and they drive forward. Some of them come with DLC in the ball itself, which is even better. That's not the one I got. I almost bought another one today. They're $6. You can find them all kinds of places. GameStop, I would assume Best Buy, probably on Amazon. If you see one of these and you're a fan of the game, trust me, you're going to love it. If you don't know what the game is, you need to play it because you'll probably love that too. You can play soccer. You can play basketball. You can play hockey. There's a mode called Rumble where you have special powers. There's one that's called Drop Shot where it's like its own version. It's already explained. Basically, you make holes in the floor, and that's how you score by putting in those holes. And it's always been free you can get cars you can buy like uh, modifications that make them look pretty you can buy extra spinners and decals i have the back to the future delorean i have the batmobile from batman vs superman i bought dom's uh, ice charger from fate of the furious even though i haven't seen it um they have a lot of content i buy because psionics is awesome and they just they love their fans it's a big game it's an esport. it has a big competitive scene the rocket uh league championship series just happened about a month ago huge turnout prize pool where people are winning like quarter of a million dollars for being good at a simulation of soccer where they're playing as a car uh if you've never seen it i do stream it on occasion i think i have gameplay of it some people that are really great especially on youtube john sandman excuse me john sandman he's not just entertaining and hilarious especially on twitch but his youtube content is great too um you gotta check it out if You've never played it. They do free weekends, but it's worth your money. I'd buy that for a dollar. I got it for free, um, but i that's why I give them so much money because it is worth every penny of the money that I never paid in the first place. Um, so, yeah, Psionics, Rocket League, the their subreddit is awesome too. Their Twitter, great fan service, great community, uh, even if some people are toxic online because, hey, that's the internet and that's gaming. Uh, hmm. But, yeah, please check it out. If you like that ad... If you thought I sold the, sh- sold the shit out of that game, I will do the same for you. It's not going to be on two cents because you missed that chance. You, If you did, we probably wouldn't stop the show. But we well, still you know, you do. You should have done with that ad. <clears throat> you should have added music in the background. Uh, Rocket League. You can do your ads like Kevin Smith. Rocket in fact, you Leaks. have done your ads like Kevin Smith, but you need to have some sort of song in the background or some ambience there. Rocket League's music is amazing. That's probably the best part of the game. You get free music every time they update it. And there's like 20 songs. And arenas. Yeah, just do it with the tempo of the, mo- uh, the, dun, the, dun, that, dun, the game. Dun, yeah. Dun, 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 yeah, your ads will be dun, that much better. Uh, I mean, they probably will be because they're going to be on our actual recorded shows. Uh, we're going to be adding ads like those to Debt to Cinema and Dollar Reviews, either if you support us or not. I would hope 
the the former, not the latter. Uh, they are going to be mock-up. I'll probably record like four or five different ones and just we'll throw them on there sporadically. Well, I imagine, you know, it'll be easy to do it on the spot for dollar reviews because you can have the main review, then you can throw the ad right in the middle, and then we can do our solo segment there where we go. just share whatever it is that we're doing. It's that easy. Yeah. Uh, debt to Cinema would be a bit more difficult, a little weird. I think, but we got to figure that out. We'll figure we it can out. Maybe we'll just do a dollar review. Something. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I don't know. With Dead to Cinema, I don't know if it's the raw nature of the conversation in between that I like preserving while we have the formal shit mm-hmm. out of the way, so we got to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, that was the ad break. Now we're back to the show. Last week we covered E3. It was bad timing because E3 is a three day event. So we covered day zero, and now that it's over, we got E3 news part two and also VR news. Um, the big item here is that Nintendo won E3, and I say that not readily. I don't like them anymore. I'm surprised to hear you say that. They won. I have not read anything, so how the hell does that happen? They showed off a Yoshi game, Kirby, two Metroids, one for the Switch, which is a Metroid Prime 4, one for the 3DS, which is a... Uh, Samus Returns, which is a return to form. It's a 2D Metroid game. Rocket Link is coming to the Switch. They're adding a whole bunch of more Amiibo. Um, there's release dates for things. Mario Kart VR is coming to HTC Vive. Like, they showed off so many things. Like, they have cross-network functionality, even. People on Xbox are going to be able to play Rocket League with people on Switch who also are playing on PC. As I said... That's three systems, not all four, because PlayStation's fucking stupid. They probably lost E3 this year. Even though I did not like Xbox, I talked about that last episode, their system that they showed off, which is now a week old, with a price point and a release date, it costs $500, comes out November 7th, is not able to be pre-ordered at retailers. That's how fucking silly they are. They do not understand how the world works. As someone who works in the retail industry, I've had many people ask, can I pre-order that? I go, no, you can't. I'm so sorry. There's not even... It's, there's nothing in my POS. I, I'm, I apologize. Uh, maybe in the future. Come back. Come back, please. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't buy it on Amazon. Um, but yeah... It's been a thing. People on PlayStation and PC have been able to play certain games together, notably Rocket League. When Xbox was added, they got the same PC infrastructure, and they, Psionics, told uh, the world, for some reason, PlayStation isn't letting us do it. And with the announcement that Switch, Xbox One, and PC can play together, but PlayStation can't, a lot of the media this week were wondering, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Because Minecraft is going to be doing the exact same thing. And their excuse isn't even an excuse. They said, we, like, we love the security that we have for our gamers, and we don't want them to be, like, susceptible to bad language or whatever. <sighs> like, like, it was, like, just the most bull. It was, like, the same reason why you're not allowed to change your username on PlayStation. Just, like, mm-hmm. you can't. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Don't, don't look into it. You just can't do it. Um, they did show off awesome stuff, though. Like, they had gameplay for God of War and for Sony, uh, for the new Spider-Man game. They showed off more Detroit Become Human. They showed off a lot of VR. Like, that was the best thing about PlayStation's press conference, not just because I own the thing. Super Hot, which has been a PC VR exclusive up until now, is coming later this summer, which I'm going to buy. And there's going to be a lot of gameplay of that. Um, Skyrim is coming to PS4 as a VR game. I already pre-ordered it. Um, like, Bethesda alone 
had the best showing besides Nintendo. Doom, Fallout, and Skyrim are all coming to VR this year. Skyrim is also coming to the Switch. They're making a new Wolfenstein game. They're making a new um, Evil Within. It's like all of their franchises are getting another outing and in a new way, which is just, it's cool. Like I, I love, even even though I don't like Bethesda or their studios, and especially not Zenimax for being a VR patent troll, at least they are progressing. We're talking about Skyrim here. Not like a watered-down version of Skyrim. We're talking about Skyrim. It's going to be in virtual reality, on a home system, by the end of this year. I completely forgot that that was a big thing for a second. Like, they re-released Skyrim just a couple months ago on PS4 and Xbox, and it sold a lot. I didn't buy it because I hate Skyrim. I'm buying this fucking thing because, yeah, I would (laughs) like to be in this world... And get to walk around a countryside that is fucking huge. Like, I'm not going to fast travel at all. I'm just going to walk. Like, if I had, like, an Omni treadmill, or maybe I'll do my Farpoint thing where I just kind of, like, jostle in place. Oh, man, I'm going to get fit. I'm going to be walking miles. Like, legitimately miles. Like, I might want to go to, like, a gym and walk on a treadmill when I play. Or something fucking (laughs) stupid like that. Um, but yes, yeah, super, super exciting. Except, like, like I said, super hot. Uh, the Bethesda showing. They also showed off this new game called Moss, which involves like a, a rabbit. Um, super massive. I was because I was live tweeting the E three pressers. Super massive. The people behind Until Dawn, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood. They're making a prequel called The Inpatient in VR. They also have another game called like Fireteam Bravo. Um, I, I I don't think that's the actual name. I think it's like. Fu- it might be actually, um, which is going to use the PSVR aim controller, and it's going to be a cooperative like uh, shooter, not sci-fi. Like it's going to be grounded in reality. They showed off a lot very, very quickly um, without dates. They didn't give a date for anything. That's why Sony probably had one of the weaker ones. Well, out of the big ones, like Ubisoft was pretty shitty. EA was really bad. I'm happy I didn't go to that. Um, but the big thing that Ubisoft actually showed off, besides Beyond Good and Evil 2, which doesn't have a date and it's probably never coming out, and I still haven't played the first game even though I own it, mm-hmm. even though it's supposed to be an amazing game. Um, but probably the biggest thing uh, that I saw that I'd never even heard of, like just wasn't even expecting, was this new game from SpectreVision, which is Elijah Wood's like interactive company that's coming from Ubisoft. It's a VR game called Transference. And it's going to be coming next spring. It's supposed to scare you about the limitations of VR, about how scary it is that it's going to be like... Um, Infinite? Maybe, or more so just... It's going to be like a psychological horror game slash experience that fucks with the idea that, you know, which one of these is a, is the actual reality. It's going to be a, something like that. Um, but, you know, it's Elijah Wood. He doesn't really put out bad stuff. He definitely doesn't put his name on bad things doesn't half-ass anything yeah well maybe that open windows movie but whatever fuck it they, did he half-ass it or did the movie just not I, I, well i'm gonna try to rewatch that i think watching that one late at night is not a good choice but it it stars sasha gray you know she might be good <laughs> on entourage but she's, yeah, she's yeah. not she's not the best actress like the girlfriend experience not the best movie it's I've partially because it. of her um yeah no, i i know that that's the big selling point is like oh this is an actual escort mm-hmm. you know but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That's <laughs> the girlfriend experience. Pretty much the only reason I know her name. I don't think I've seen her in anything, actually. I've seen a lot in her. I mean, no, I've seen her <laughs> on a lot. No, no, that's that's still wrong. I, I've seen Entourage. 
That's all I've seen. No, I, I've seen I've seen a good amount of her work in. Um, yeah, she's not in the movie, is she? No, but she's on no. she's on an entire season. She plays a, a, a yeah, like a in character. the later though near the end mm-hmm. of the show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I missed that stuff. And she's interesting. Uh, how many seasons were there? It's complicated. It's basically eight because there's one that was split in half. Yeah, like I, I don't know. Season five is like or no four is the Medidine one, right? I want to see. Yeah, I, th- I think that's yeah, the I'm, one. I, like I, I think I saw the first episode or first two episodes of season five, and then that's kind of it. Then everything else before well, that is it's scattered. Like, there isn't actually a Medellin ep- like season. It it goes well, over. It's mostly season it's four. It's, it's two probably seasons. Like it, it it like one season is them trying to make it, and then the finally doing so. Up to the premiere and then one mm-hmm. of them opens and then with the being a flop. Yeah, the the one season opens with them at con. Like, all summer you waited, and then they went to con, and you get to see that. And then you see where that goes after the fact. <laughs> um, yeah. But talking about, like, more narrative things, Sony did show off this thing, not even during the press conference, just, like, on the side, like, in the pre-show, which seems really cool. It's what they're calling Play uh, PlayLink. It's a new initiative which allows non-traditional gamers to interact with releases via smart devices. So the the big game that they showed off, which is coming later this year, is called Hidden Agendas. It looks really cool. It's kind of like an Until Dawn type of game, or like a Telltale type of game, where it's a narrative-driven crime thriller, which crowdsources decisions to take you on branching paths. I think it supports up to five devices at once. So the idea is, instead of one person holding the controller and everyone shouting at them what to do, you literally all vote together. Like, oh, answer the phone, walk away, whatever you want to do. Like, it is a choose-your-own-adventure game that also has, like, a good narrative to it. Like, you're watching a TV show. Uh, the fun part here, though, is that not everyone is going to see the same information. Like, some people may be working against the group or may have some kind of power play in hand. Uh, this one, though, uh, what is it, Hidden Agendas, is a serial killer drama Um it's going to work by yourself. It's going to work in groups. It's going to work if you're, like, uh, live broadcasting the game. And this is just one of the games that is part of this initiative. Like, it's, I think there's, like, four other ones coming out this year. Looks really cool. Like, this is something that is just a, a new way of uh, party gaming. Like, instead of doing... Because tabletop games are making a comeback. You can play things like You Don't Know Jack, which also use this, like the Jackbox games. It's the same idea. You don't need a controller. You use smart devices, and that's how they ant- like that's how you play along. And it's just taking that technology, which is already available, and bringing that into a true gaming experience or narrative experience. And mm-hmm. this is basically like a movie come to life, um, which I think is just you know I've talked about this before on the show. I think it's the future of technology, uh, like especially since games like these exist in VR already. Also, that if you take this technology and you like congeal it with the virtual reality that that's when you truly get some kind of storytelling that is not possible elsewhere like more so than just being within the world but when people around you who aren't in there with you can help decide what kind of experience you're having that's when it's really cool and we're almost there um and the funny thing that happened this week and it was it just gave me such a good feeling uh when i not just report the news but get to say Ha ha ha, I predicted it. Um, as predicted on the show like a year ago, Sony has a Spider Man Homecoming virtual reality promotional tie in experience. It's because, of course, like, well, not of course, because it took them a while to figure this out. Uh, the cool thing is that it's swinging into the headsets this Friday, uh, a, a full week I before know you just opening. I to say that. Yes. Um, 
It's going to be free. It's available on PSVR, Oculus Rift, HEC Vive. It's going to be in Cinemark lobbies. I'm going to look into this. I'm going to... Well, I'll find out how it is. Um, but they finally figured it out. They put the Passengers thing out way after the movie was released. The Ghostbusters thing that's available, mm-hmm. same deal. The Martian, it didn't land on PlayStation fast enough. Well, Ghostbusters was available, though, like, even before release a little bit, right? It's just... It was no, this New is... York. No, this is... No. No, that's a completely different experience. But yeah, that was before release. This wasn't yeah. after the fact. Let's use our intellectual property. But no, now it's like let's tie it in. At yeah, the same like this is we're going to put it out before the movie's there. That way, it's like better than a trailer or a, like an ad page. This is something that you can experience in real time. That's going to sell you better it's than anything like, else can. You're going to swing through the the buildings. You're going to like stop the bad guy. Like. I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited for this If you're seeing Friday. that movie in 3D too, like I mean, that's just Which of another thing that's icing in the cake. Like you, fucking Amazing Spider-Man 2, which I'm one of the few defenders of that movie. But fuck that first action sequence, like in 3D. Like just thinking about how that played out, like uh-huh. the shots, the, the choices, like the vertigo of just being up in the air that you feel just with that sensation of 3D. I'm just like, yeah, fucking VR should be all about that for Spider-Man. Like I would be so fucking down to check that out if I can. Go to a Cinemark, man. Maybe... Yeah, the fucking Cinemark sucks here. Oh, do it for the I... VR, man. Do, do it for that. Do it and for then that. just refund the ticket and leave. Like, Who bye. says you need a ticket? Just walk into the lobby like, I'm here for the VR thing. I, I'm i not I'm not here for a movie, guys. I'm just uh, I'm here for that. you need a ticket to get in. Sorry. I doubt it. Just be like, hey, fuck you off. Fuck off. Um, now, you, it's really night and day here between, like, just multiplex chains and a fucking dra- dra- draft house or an AFS theater or Violet Crown or, uh, I don't even Galaxy Highland, I think, are cooler, <laughs> but, It's like, yeah. one of the, the other things that came out of E3 this week, and this is something that I've looked into and almost experienced, um, there's this company called VRZoom, which is one of the VR fitness pioneers. They have an exercise bike already on the market. It costs $400. It sounds ridiculous because mm-hmm. it kind of is. But then if you look up exercise bikes, like they're kind of that price anyway. And if you buy this, you get this free app. You get the free app regardless. And basically it tries to take an exercise bike and make it fun. Like it turns into a video game. And it gives you the ability to actually like be in an environment where you're not just standing in front of a room. Like maybe on your iPad or looking at a TV screen. But actually feeling like you are truly riding a bike somewhere or even like rowing a boat or like riding a horse um but that's an expensive bike like it says 400 bucks so what they're putting Mm. out later this year is a 99 dollar module that you can attach to any bike and it converts it into a compatible machine so this is really cool um it's gonna be available on PSVR as it already is, and also HTC and Oculus Rift, all the headsets that are available. But it's actually gonna be adding support for Gear VR and Google Daydream. Um, the the real cool thing too is that it's gonna support Gear watches, so it's gonna take your heart rate monitoring and like tie that into your actual actual uh, workout in some way. Hopefully, there's some kind of companion app. The only downside is the four hundred dollar bike actually has controllers built into um like the hand grips right if you buy this module you have to hold the controller like an actual controller in your hands which is going to definitely limit the immersion but even still this is really cool like it's still outside my window i don't have a problem getting on an actual exercise bike and riding for an hour but for people that are less 
you know, fitness savvy, for people that need some kind of uh, jolt, like the people that bought Wii Fit boards and played Dance Dance Revolution while I played that. Right. You know, I bought DJ Hero this week, yesterday actually, because I got a good deal. Fucking ten, I, I could have got it. Of course you would. The turntable with the wireless dongle with the game. The guy wanted ten. I said five, and then I was drunk and I was like, "Fuck it, I'll give him ten. I sent him PayPal. I was like, "I gave him ten sixty nine actually. I gave him all of my PayPal money." As why not? I just I felt I felt like being a nice guy. Um, the real VR thing that happens this week, it didn't actually happen this week. Um, it's kind of fucking crazy. I was gonna send it as a video during the show so you could watch it because it's like a minute. You can mm-hmm. look it up and find it. But basically, this guy, Dean John, the head of innovation at Brandwith, a UK uh, like technology company, broke his world record for time spent in VR last week. He, prior to this record-breaking attempt, did 24 hours alone consistently in virtual reality. Now he's done it 48 hours with a partner. They did all kinds of fucking shit. They're riding biplanes and walking on the wings. They went go-karting. He got a tattoo. Uh, He wore a headset to sleep and woke up in VR. Watching movies, watching porn, like all kinds of things for for science. They took, they they walked like tens of thousands of steps. Like when Mm. on, for the go-kart in particular, they had a pass-through camera on their Gear VR headsets where they um, saw the real world and were still driving that way. Um, the tattoo in particular is probably the interesting thing. I guess he's an Apple fanboy, so he got like an iPhone or an Apple like insignia tattooed on his forearm. He did most of it in virtual reality. He had a headset on, and he was wearing a heart rate sensor. His heart rate was lower when he was in virtual reality. When he took it off, when he came back to the real world, it like skyrocketed. He said that his like pain threshold was lower. That he wasn't as in tune with what was happening in the real world. Like, there's a little video. I think this m- might even become like a long form thing. I hope so. Like this is like grounds mm-hmm. for a documentary. It's just so interesting. Um, I can't imagine doing this. Like they would take, I think, like a 10 minute break every hour or something. Especially like when they're doing more physical, challenging things, like walking flights of stairs and as I said, like go karts and riding on planes and shit. Um, I, I just can't even imagine doing this. Like, they said uh, the girl who did it with him, she had, like, a bruise on the bridge of her nose after doing this for, Jesus. like, a week or something because you're not supposed to wear something on your face for that long, even glasses, you know? And, yeah, it just... I mean, yeah, a glass is at least half a day where you don't, right? Yeah. Well, and even on top of that, it's it's not 100% weighted just on the bridge of your nose. Like, PSVR is not. Like, the weight distribution is really good. That's also tethered. They weren't using that. Like, they did use all of the major headsets, but they primarily use Gear VR because they are out in the real world. They needed something completely mobile. And that is... is no. Like, that is not meant for long play sessions like that is strictly mm-hmm. like a 30 minutes to an hour type of thing like i got no problem doing psvr for like an hour and a half now i don't yeah. i don't do it but i can do it you know even then like i don't know it i was in there at your place for what like an hour roughly that long yeah. maybe a little more it wasn't a problem for no, me no it's not it's not a problem like it, yeah. it, it feels really good not on your face but just you almost feel like you're not wearing it 
which is the thing. I have like oh, what is it? It's called a well, Utopia VR. Like, it got it got a little itchy, but I do the same thing with my glasses mm-hmm. where I kind of just rub them a little bit, like at the you know at the bridge, you know, just to adjust them. Yeah, a, my, it might just be a nervous habit. I don't my know. My Utopia VR, which is like a gear uh, a cardboard, which is fancier. That thing hurts my nose big time. Cardboard is not resting on your face at all, so it doesn't it's hurt not at all. Pleasant, but no, you know, it's, but it's, you get what it you doesn't feel nice. Case. Exactly, you know. Four hundred dollars is obviously going to be better than twenty dollars. Like, of course, that's just how. Or five. Yeah, that's that's that, how yeah. technology works. That's how the economy works. It costs. You pay a premium for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, here's some follow up though on things that happened not too long ago. Uh, this one is also about Sony. Uh, I'm sure you're seeing where this is going. Last week they came over, came under flack for doing their clean version initiative, basically their censorship movies available on Vudu and <laughs> Fandango Now and iTunes. You buy By the, the movie. Way, I tested that today. Yeah. Um, for like a little bit, I just watched segments of Amazing Spider-Man Two. What the fuck did they take out? What could have they taken out? I wanted to see. I wanted to see how they handled the Gwen Stacy moment, which you know, not to spoil uh, it, although I'm sure it's but, common it knowledge matter. at this yeah, point. She dies. But like what yeah. happens at the very end. Uh, yeah, I was just curious to see what that shot looked like. they take like. the blood out? or All they did was just crop it. Like, they zoom it in so that you barely see or hear anything. But, yeah, the impact is lost, and it's weird. Um, but th- then again, you know, I'm sure they would have done the same thing if they air it on TV. So Maybe. It's like, I, I honestly, uh, you can actually keep going. I've got more mm-hmm. opinions on this later on. Well, this is the thing. It's already being killed. They had 24 movies last week. It is now 17. Adam McKay's films and Adam Sandler's have been removed, probably because they are big directors or actors, stars at Sony who have mm-hmm. many pictures like set up or big hits. So Step Brothers, Anchorman, Pixels, 50 First Dates. And like 50 First Dates, why would that even be on this list in the first place? Like, it, It's a PG-13 movie with very minor sex comedy. Mm-hmm. It is primarily a romance about someone who has like a severe disorder and forgets everything, you know? Well, here's here's my thing and of just uh, like I said last week of what this is. These are just TV versions of movies. Like it's just but it's being moved to I I'm okay uh, with a that. streaming platform, which I'm cool this with is, that. So I don't know why this is such this a This is huge the problem. Deal. The DGA got involved because Sony did not contact the directors to oversee the cuts. For streaming, when they do the TV version, the they same do thing that. Happen with TV, yeah. So yeah. they did not get approval. Like a director is brought in to make these changes. That is why Adam McKay and Adam Sandler got these pulled off. Seth Rogen and Judd Apatow are also very against these. Are unlikely to have their films added to this canon because they have spoken out about it on Twitter. Really, um, what would Sausage Party look like on that? Mm. Oh, I still don't know what it looks like anyway. Uh, you should still see it. I will. It's on I mean, Netflix. I, it's on Netflix. I really do think it's brilliant. I tried to watch it. It's on Netflix. I know you did. I, I own it. It's not your jam. That's I a bummer, own it. But... I think I bought it. When, it was one of my free Sony movies because if you buy a Sony phone, you get three free movies. I I got Groundhog Day and I think I got Sausage Party. So it's I do own it. One of the better it. movies of last year. I, I couldn't. I couldn't get through that first thirty minutes. I know I, that really makes me sad to hear that. I really think it's brilliant. I don't know. I, I'll give it another shot. Okay, um, but yeah, I'm. I'm happy. Might not be your brand of humor. I, I really just think it isn't. I'm happy that this happened though. I'm. I'm happy that guilds got involved. That Sony at least is listening to their directors. 
all five Spider-Man movies are still on there. They're gonna stay there. You already know that. It's their baby. I'm sure, like... Elysium is still on there. I really want to watch that entire like, movie I, like that. I, I don't know why. The 21, I just do. I think the 21 Jump Street movies are gonna stay, too, just because. Men in Black. Um, like, they're, they're big hits, because why not? Because it is a good idea. You know, it's like you said, it is a TV it's version. It's a TV version. I don't mind that, honestly. It is the airplane it, version. If some people really, really want that, then that's fine. Yeah, like... Do directors even get to make choices on how to crop out stuff for airplane versions of movies? Like, I, I'm not sure if that's necessarily it, but they probably get know, like, like a list of we're changing this to this, we're going to do this and that, and they go well, yes, like yes, no, on yes, TV, no. There's always that thing of like you know this uh, this version has been altered for time or for content, and, uh-huh. and you know like also the image has been adjusted to fit this screen. Um, they do that still with um, you know, movies on TV on sixteen by nine. Um, yeah, when you do it on Vudu for the clean version, it just says this has been edited for uh adult content or whatever it is. You know, like just like they say, and they all say the same thing. So it really does feel like a TV version of the movie. Just like I should check, I should check my Vudu. I might have a film that is there, and I, I'm not gonna ever watch it. Um, but I'm, I'm curious if any of mine, cause I don't, out of the films I have on Voodoo, I think the only Sony ones I have are Final Fantasy. <laughs> I want to rewatch, I should rewatch that movie actually. You know what I saw um, the other day? Dread is so fucking cheap on Amazon now. It's like 375 on Blu-ray. Oh my God. The Blu-ray? Yeah. Okay. I got no choice. That's like the price of a rental at this point. You don't own um, it? Like check Amazon. I don't. If, if no. Check By Amazon. Uh, Moneyball right is no longer up in the clean Good. version. Um, Good. Yeah. That should have never so had a clean version. Yeah. That's no longer an option. I think they I mean, say fuck like some, five times. Like there's some cussing in there. Yeah. But so what? I mean, that's, uh, yeah. No. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, actually, you know, I'm just realizing cause there, I'm looking through my library right now and, uh, they used to have that banner of saying, oh, there's a, yeah, the clean version of Moneyball is still up, so never mind. Yeah, um, yeah the, the front cover of these, uh, just while I'm scrolling through them, they would say, hey, the clean version's available, and I literally got to mm-hmm. click on the movie to see that now. Yeah, I'm going to check my but, app yeah, right now. Spider-Man is there. Um, Elysium is there. Uh, what else is Sony? Um, is it, check the Jump Street movies. Yeah, uh, I don't have those. Don't but have yeah. those. Uh, okay, Skyfall, I can't see. Oh, wait, but uh, Fox put those out. Uh, I have Bad Boys 2 on here. I would love a clean version Fuck of that. Just because. No. Just to, like, because it'd be so fucking ridiculous. Um, Half Nelson, or wait, no, Half Nelson was, whatever happened to Think Film? I don't even know that like, is. Like, uh, answers. Yeah, that. it was like a little independent studio from, like, way back in the day, 10 years ago. They just fucking disappeared. Yeah, the only Sony films I have in my voodoo, I have. What, I got Forgetting Sarah Marshall, iRobot, uh, yeah, and then Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Yeah, there's no clean version for Superbad, thank God, which, of course, we said that. Yeah, it's um, not going to happen. Yeah, uh, that, that'd be stupid. That'd be so uh, but stupid. But yeah, okay, all the Spider-Man movies have them, mm-hmm. and Elysium, and Moneyball, from what I got. So that is that. Yeah, I'm going to relook up this uh, Dread pricing because I have something in my cart on Amazon. I'm going to buy it because it's going to be a selection on the show because I've talked about it before. I have detention in my Amazon cart. I'm going to buy that shit. Yeah, it's 375 or 374 actually. It's an add-on item now, though. When I bought it, it wasn't. For Dread? For, yeah, a 3D Blu-ray. 
with good special features, I watch them. It's 374. That's nothing. The only catch is you have to buy $25 worth of shit to get it, but, you know. Oh, yeah, okay, so it's an add-on item? It's, well, it is now because it's that cheap. It wouldn't make – imagine someone just wanting that, and you have well, you know, Prime. That means, what's kind of like, stupid is that know? I actually saw that the Changeling on DVD was available at that price, and I was like, is oh, that fuck yeah, too? I want to get that. But it's an add-on. And I was like, wait, so if it, I literally just want this movie, I have to buy well, something else? The only way that this movie is available? It should be expected that if it's under $5, it has to be add-on. Just in terms of being prime, think about it. If you already get free shipping, they're losing money sending you that one thing. And so Still, it's their it's way insane, of staying though, in business, yeah. even though they don't have to. Because, like, I, I'm in the same boat. I see that the, the jerk is, like, at an all-time low for uh, DVD price. It's 4 bucks. I know you haven't seen mm-hmm. that. Um, it's an add-on item too, so I have like detention because it's under seven dollars right now, and the jerk, and I still need to buy fifteen dollars worth of shit, and it, like I'm gonna get it for free because I have like some cash back on my Discover card, so I I might as well just it's like, like load up my cart right now and buy some stuff, but I'm, I'm like I don't want to list and I. <laughs> It's like I, I see that La La Land and a Monster Calls are like twenty bucks, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, I want to wait for Black Friday for those. Like, I just or don't need Cyber to buy Monday them instantly because I'm not going to rewatch them day. right away. I'm just not in the mood. Like, what to I'm do probably going right to buy is a uh, an HDMI splitter and a four way RCA switch. Those are probably going to be the two Man. things I buy because I really need both of those things. I'm looking at my wish list right now, and Criterion needs to do another sale because I just want to watch the blu-ray for things to come they announced so good the new ones um yeah for september fuck what was it it was armageddon is still not on like rebecca yeah which they got back which is cool even though there's already a blu-ray of that like they're getting their hitchcock stuff back they're getting it's crazy all their stuff that used to be out of print like straw dogs like i'm sure it won't be long till criterion puts out their own version of spartacus um no they already have are they gonna get armageddon i think they already have spartacus on blu-ray no but no, yeah, see, like, there's there's a new restoration, I think, of Spartacus on 4K, uh, but I think Universal put that out. But, uh, yeah, they could very well release that at some point um, hmm. because they're getting a lot of their out-of-print stuff. They got Straw Dogs back, which I think comes out in August. I mean, um, I, the copy that I saw of that wasn't too bad. Like, it, it had some artifacts, but I like I, I yeah, doubt I the that Blu-ray, Blu-ray is going to look sure that th- great. No, this, this new one will look way better, yeah. though. I'm sure it'll look a lot more filmy because I saw the MGM Blu-ray and... I own the Criterion buy, DVD, which is a good-looking DVD If you got DVD the money, then, but. buy the before box set, even though I've only seen oh, Sunrise. Yeah, no, no, for sure. So pretty. But, dude, like... It's expensive. They're digging a ton of their stuff that's out of print from, like, the 90s when they put that out. When the hell is Armageddon going to come up it's on It's not that? happening. I want it. it. Like, just in the same Make way that happen. RoboCop is not going to get a Criterion release. Make, it ha- Make that happen, too. It's I not going to happen. It doesn't have to it happen. It would be amazing. The 4K... And this is Spinal Tap, and The Silence of the Lambs, and Hard Boiled, because Hard Boiled needs a fucking good release. The 4K Robocop Blu-ray I got, or the 4K Master, is the Criterion copy. It is the unrated, and it has all of the Criterion special features. I just want the steel case, because that just... It looks special. I bought a t-shirt this week. I bought it yesterday. It's coming in the mail. (laughs) It looks awesome. Because I was watching the movie, and I was like fuck, why don't I have a RoboCop t-shirt? I'm wearing my Teen Wolf shirt, and I'm like, why don't I have a RoboCop shirt? I was like, okay, I'll just do it. I found one. I figured you did, honestly, right? but I, nope. I guess not. Now I do. It's in the mail. I just learned that about it's you. It's in now the mail. It's in the mail. Man, I am realizing now that it's 2 a.m. my time, and my caffeine tolerance is so low that this thing is really giving me a kick right now. 
Yeah, I'm pretty up. Uh, here's yeah. here's something pretty good. Justice League had such a big turnaround. Like fuck. Um, so, following Joss Whedon taking over directorial duties in post production, they now have a composer. Junkie XL's off the project. It's Danny Elfman. So they went from Junkie XL and Zack Snyder to Danny Elfman and Joss Whedon. That that's actually like, worries me a little. <laughs> like what the fuck? Like that's yeah. That, that's that kind of worries. That's like Junkie pantheon XL. of. Uh, I'm sure they're still going to use his themes, especially Wonder Woman. But that's the pantheon of superhero movies right there. Just those two plus Zack Snyder. Like that's it. Like Danny Elfman did Batman. He did Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, oh fuck! He created the iconic, like besides the original Superman, he created the iconic superhero themes, and now he's doing Justice you know, League. Here's a good thing potentially about this: like, uh-huh. Danny Elfman can make good themes that are like hummable, like you know the one for Batman. Or Dark like, Universe. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, yeah, if he does like a good Justice because Marvel yeah, like, doesn't just, have just themes. Just a Justice League theme. That's what we need. I mean, Alan Silvestri did a pretty good one. It wasn't uh, continuously utilized, so like they kind of they're inconsistent with that. But yeah, um, you actually, is he coming back for Infinity War? I think so. I don't know. You reported po- that, right? The point is, Marvel doesn't have one film that has a theme that anyone, even a fanboy, can sing. They. There's actually there is a YouTube video for this. Is that Captain America? No. no, Oh, that's Avengers. Is that the opening? I don't fucking know. No. Okay, the main Avengers theme that's used in there, which um, by the the way, yeah, he's coming back to score it. So yes, there's a decent theme in like the opening fanfare wasn't used in Ultron. The opening fanfare is good. I do like that theme that Mm -hmm. Giacchino did. But there's a good video that was like big on the internet like five months ago where it's like, yeah, why can't you sing a single Marvel theme? I'm a really big fan of Patrick Doyle's uh, score for Thor, but I mean, the parts of that score that I love are the quieter moments. Like uh, that rooftop scene, like just the music there that's happening in that movie is fucking incredible. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like the big action beats, like, you know, it's not exactly a, a very big, robust, like heroic movie. It's It's really just like the nicer small moments of that movie that were are just they're really fucking beautifully scored um but yeah not something that you would want to remember from a tentpole it's like john landis did this interview last week that max landis mm-hmm. retweeted but i saw before he did that he's like holy shit am i becoming my dad uh or is my dad becoming me because uh, john landis is like going the rounds right now like he's doing like bfi stuff because like Blue Brothers is getting There's a lot, lot of love because there, of the yeah. car chases and, and baby drivers, you know, kind of uh, catapulting that fame. Um, but he has this block quote, which is just awesome. And he's talking about MCU movies. Where he's like, I'm just, truthfully, I'm bored shitless with the Marvel Universe now. All the superhero movies tend to be interchangeable. You always have these mass destruction of cities and huge computer-generated extravaganzas to the point where you could just take any reel of any of the super, uh, Marvel superhero movies and put it in any of the others and nobody would notice. They're very I, well made. It's just they're the same thing over and over again. But I don't know. People are honestly, showing up. Like- one of the reasons Wonder Woman has been so well received <laughs> by the critics is that it doesn't destroy cities. Uh, yes, by us. Even the, the superhero, yeah, even the superhero stuff is on a very human scale. It's the gods. We're just not seeing skyscrapers tumbling. He's like laughing through that stuff. Um, Honestly, I that's not just Marvel though. I mean, to of me, course, that's blockbusters. Like the the moment that you can pinpoint it, where stuff just becomes less and less thrilling. 
It's post Avengers. It's like right after twenty twelve Transformers. All all well, like which one? The the second one. Because the first Transformers was still groundbreaking. Literally, it broke a lot of ground. Um, and you know that's the summer right before the Dark Knight. But in a post the like third Dark Knight, Transformers, to Transformers me, that one started world. the trend of this giant fucking laser beam like being shot in the sky that opens the up this teleporter where people come flooding in. And then fucking Avengers is probably the apex of that that like made that perfect. But then everything after Avengers. It started to get a little bit more repetitive. Like, around 2013, that's when I started realizing just how tired of senseless destruction I was. Like, you know, with Man of Steel, where there was literally, like, even after, you know, the entire thing is done, then there's this seven-minute-long battle that's just about Bullshit. making shit look cool making, and destroying everything. And it, skyscrapers and it rain. Yeah, and it's like, it causes even more destruction than everything thrilling that happened before then. It, it was might like, have been... felt so insignificant that it was awful. I That's mean, even Star thing. Trek Into Darkness literally just has a moment where they fucking crash a ship into a major city block and then just skate over it like it's nothing. Um, like, fucking... That, and then, yeah, like, Batman after versus those Superman two, thing might have been shit shoehorned like that in. Happening. It might have been, like, laughed at by a lot of people when that movie came out. But at least... Like Mar like DC knew what the fuck they did wrong and they tried to fix it and they they made mm -hmm. it organic. Oh yeah, no, I, th I thought the they plot. made it a good plot. Point right, as it's far like as why that. why does Superman need to die? Because he did this, he destroyed the cities. It's never gonna happen again. But it wasn't. It was a freaking terrible seven minutes that were just there. Like because I'm gonna look up at the sky real angrily. Look at my face. I made it within that daily. those seven minutes. They just set everything up. Like they shoehorn in a Bruce Wayne reference. They shoehorn in a LexCorp reference. Like everything that they can throw in there while they're throwing shit at each other. Oh, you other mean the fight scene? Way more hey, destruction before on then. the plus side though, when I saw it for the first time, when I saw Man of Steel for the first time, I was like, "Holy shit, that's LexCorp! Holy shit, that's yeah, a that Wayne Enterprise about satellite!" Eggs. It's fucking. Uh, I love that movie, but those seven minutes, like, I, I have the Blu-ray you know, now. I need to rewatch it because I've never, I've never seen it in HD. Wait, have I? No, I haven't seen it in HD. I don't know. It's. Honestly, like, it's an incredible movie. I mean, those opening minutes in Krypton are still, like, pr probably some of the best blockbuster filmmaking of this decade for me. Yeah, I heard someone um, else say that Just as far recently. as, like, inducing genuine wonder and really sucking you into Plus a movie. Plus the thing. Um, to me, they're that good, yeah. Plus the fucking Like, it, it just has this very, like, ethereal uh, feel to it, and, like, it just, it, it feels almost transported, like, just how it gets you into that world of Krypton. So good. Um... But but then, yeah, like, it literally is, like, after that in fucking Star Trek, and then just at some point, it just, it, I, I started getting tired of blockbusters. I don't know what else to say on that. I mean, I'm getting there, too. I think a lot of people are. That's why well, it's, they, like, it's I'm literally, harder and harder for them to make money. Like, even Cars 3 is struggling. Pirates struggled. Like, unless it's, yeah, like, like... I'm not even trying to... You know, someone called me, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> several people are saying that I'm a contrarian. Don't you um, love that term? Isn't contrarian a good word? It's it's like I have opinions. I'm just honest about it. I don't shit on stuff like for the sake of it, you know. But I'm realizing like I am getting more excited about small stuff for trailers that I see, and now I'm just like the big sick. Yeah, driver. even then I'm just like f like fuck yeah. Um, I, I don't. That's probably well, more mid ground. But Dunkirk. I mean, yeah, like you know Dunkirk. I will see because Christopher Nolan's one of those guys. Yeah. I don't have to. You have to see like, it in seventy Miller, seventy I will, millimeter. No, I will, but you I mean, Christopher to. Nolan is one of those guys that's up there to me now with like Ridley Scott, where it's like I probably have seen my favorite movie of theirs already. I don't like, believe from that. From now on, I, think, I don't care what it I, is. I don't. I want to see whatever they make in theaters because I'm sure it will be interesting. I don't think Dunkirk is going to beat the Prestige. 
but no, it's it'll be worth it. it. The spectacle of that will be worth it. It'll be something interesting. But like I'm convinced now, like at least that he's doing a war movie his way, and that is I have to believe, to unless he gets a James Bond, which is highly likely, um, he may return so. to his roots. That. that he may put down the gauntlet and decide to go small again. Like he might make a like you know like a Book of Henry, even though that has not been the most re- well received film recently. <laughs> Uh, I I would just think that him and Emma would want to like slow things down, kind of go. Why don't we make like a mid a mid budget movie? Why do we have to make this huge thing? Maybe like, you know, just do a I, secret movie in between mm-hmm. production and post, like Joss Whedon did. You know, like they're not gonna do Netflix because that's not Chris Nolan, the dude that doesn't even own way, a cell phone. Can I read you this awesome uh, poster quote that is photoshopped? And I see it on my Twitter feed right now from Book of Henry. Go for it. One time my mom caught me jerking off, and that was less embarrassing than Book of Henry. What? From Scott Wampler at Birth Movie's Death. It's like there's so many people on the internet that are giving that film a bad name, and I, I still want to like, see it. I still want to see it. Yeah. It's like part I, of it's the cast, but then also like I liked Safety Not Guaranteed. I didn't love yeah. Jurassic World, but speaking of that but yeah we, and we are talking that about two like years a director ago today. who's gonna do a star wars movie two years from yeah. now and he's going back to doing some small well like, that's even what's crazier than that is he finished book of henry before jurassic world was done it was just sitting on a shelf for the last year and a half okay that's not good then so they waited like that really isn't good. i think they that, waited a, for him sign. to get the star wars movie to uh distribute it I think that's what I read online. But people were like, oh, is Star Wars in trouble? Should they rehire someone? Like, it's like, not every movie really means that I mean, it's I'm, your. Like, not every movie relies on the last. That's like. I feel like it's almost a predictable cycle where because Ryan Johnson is, you know, a better storyteller than Abrams or mm-hmm. Trevor at this point, gonna, he's probably going to have the best one. Yeah. It's literally going to be like, okay, Star Wars, then Empire, then Jedi. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like his is predetermined to be like Jedi, where people just in the name are just going to. Yeah, they're just going to tear it apart and then, like. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it seems like it's set up in that format. I don't know. Imagine they brought um, the Ewoks back. I'd be cool with it. I'd be so fucking. I'd weird. like to see what those guys. Are I would to. like to see Old Man Wicket, to be honest. Just Wicket, <laughs> just him. Yeah. Something. Um, see him kick some ass. You could make an Ewok kick some ass with some. CG. Imagine Jar Jar like and, if you do it and right. Wicket teamed up. They got a buddy movie. I would pay to see that shit. <laughs> that would be awesome. You know who should direct that? Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Or how about uh, what's his name that did Howard the Duck? <laughs> What's he up to? <laughs> Nothing. He retired from filmmaking because Howard the Duck. Um, this one's pretty good. Our last little piece of follow-up. Uh, as an early sign that the industry is maybe taking all these hacks that have been happening seriously, over 30 mm-hmm. production houses and studios have joined forces to create ACE, the Alliance for Creativity and Entertainment. It's an anti-piracy group. There's not much known about it. Uh, but this is like Fox, Netflix, uh, I think like Amazon, like Disney, like all the people and basically, the idea is that they're going to be able to turn the tide on piracy, which is highly unlikely. But the way I see it is they understand that there is a reason to be alarmed, and at least they're embracing that instead of going, nah, just put, put, my, put our shows out there. We don't give a shit. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> Which was the stupidest thing they could have ever done. Well, that is Disney being really fucking popular. And Netflix. Like, we make money. 
So whatever. And look at Orange is the New Black and Netflix. Like this, mm-hmm. this isn't just a one studio thing. That's why they're banding together. Um, but man, like this is a little too late. I don't know how this is going. Like piracy isn't what it used to be. Like it doesn't. It's not. Like you don't see people selling bootleg DVDs anymore. You know, like it's not. It's not no. that anymore. It, There's still flea markets like sure that, there are, but it's but it's, it's, it's all digital thing. now and. And even still, I don't think like now you can literally just stream it off your phone on the spot if you yeah want. I you could pull up Cars three and watch it on the fucking like, yeah please do it subway. that way because else no one else is gonna watch it um I'm surprised that beat Wonder I'm not gonna endorse I'm that. surprised it beat Wonder Woman like seriously I'm not, very surprised um, no I'm not um Wonder Woman's three weeks in the fact that it's as high as it is right now like from the box office perspective. Uh, you know, that's really good for that movie. But, hey, Cars 3 coming out, like, the first weekend where all kids are out of school this summer. I guess that's fair. Like, for that, for it to kick off like that, that's a respectable number. It's not a huge hit, but that's a decent number for that. You know that next week or two weeks from now, Despicable Me 3 is going to be way fucking bigger. Spider-Man's going to beat Despicable Me. Well, yeah. is that the same weekend? Yeah, isn't it the, aren't they both the 7th? Uh, I think Despicable Me is next weekend, or like whatever. Uh, no, the last yeah, week no, of yeah, June it's, is. yeah. Despicable Me yeah. is a, w- a week before, because they wouldn't want to go up against don't, the bug. Don't They're not going to squish so the bug. Money. Hey, we're supposed to go see it. We got the free ticket. Well, four dollar ticket. Yeah, IMAX yeah, 3D uh, for Despicable four bucks. Me is the last weekend of June, so it's on the thirtieth, and then Spider Man's a week after. This summer season kind of sucks. It's funny that Mummy is number one internationally. Honestly, uh, for small stuff, like, it's been pretty great, at least for the stuff that I've been seeing, but it's not really stuff that people have been talking about. Like, uh, freaking, I mean, yeah, I've been having a great time seeing somewhat new releases. That I, I, I feel like it's sad that not many people are talking about a dark song or I, hey. even, um, I, I saw, actually, I did see one movie over the week because I had time. But A um, dark song I actually recommended to someone, even though I haven't seen it when I saw Rebel You haven't Death. seen it? Of course, I haven't seen it. Why would I see it? Fuck. Well, how? How would I even see it? You know? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Is there not a theater in LA? I, I'm not going to um, track yeah, you know, it down, also, man. Like I'll I see saw it, it comes on... at night over the week. Oh, did you? I fucking loved it. Like I like I swear. Like I'm just really digging horror this year. It's insane. Like I'm I I might have a bias, but like yeah, it's just it yeah. I have a feeling really up my alley. I have a feeling I'm gonna have a really good Halloween this year. I'm gonna have so many things to pick from that. It's, <laughs> like I, I'm still gonna do you know like classics that I haven't seen and and oh, yeah. remakes for things that I have seen and, and we're make probably sequels. gonna talk about stuff on the show. Oh yeah, there's gonna be good ones. Um, here's do you want to know more or the last version of it or at least for this run of the show and it starts with a guy we of course are familiar with uh, Kevin Smith is shooting a movie right now it's a horror anthology film called Kilroy Was Here um, and it, what the coolest part about this is that it's a collaboration with Florida's Ringling College of Art and Design and so it's basically his way of giving back to film students it's like just students are working on the project with him it's funded in part with the school I'm sure it's going to get some kind of like road show on college campuses or something but how cool would that be even though he's not like the biggest name in filmmaking or to be honest like the most acclaimed director uh, just to be able to work with him when you're beginning well, your career he's been good about like interacting with film students oh for like, sure uh, like, you know, like, Kevin Smith he speaks. did that on his podcast too there was this thing I can't remember what the name of the spinoff was but he would go to yeah, campuses called, um, and like just 
It wasn't Smoothie Makers. It was... Oh, uh, I was thinking Smoothie Makers. I, I can't remember, but, I mean, they were really good. You know, he did, like, a basically roundtable discussions uh-huh. with these, uh, you know, these film students, well, and they had really good conversations. Like, I was really into it at the time while I was in film the school. The three, even with Kevin Smith uh, movies slash concert films, whatever you want to call it, most of those were on college campuses. Oh, yeah. So he's... And one of them got shut down, which was funny. Which one is that? I think it's... That I don't know, that's on the first one. One of the discs end uh, where the guys... No, um... Number two, they went to Toronto and to London. Because that's the one that um, I have on DVD that I've never watched. Yeah, I, I have that. I had, I might Evening Harder. Um, yeah, but the first one, I, th- I think they went to Cornell, and I think someone pops out at the end and says that they got a union board, tells them to shut down the thing. Hmm. Um, and then people just start booing. I don't know if it's because they were in overtime, but... Knowing uh, him. Yeah, like you could probably was. find the clip on YouTube, too. Um, I'll watch those eventually. I don't know. Maybe he was just pissing somebody off. It's on Netflix, isn't it? I doubt it. it. They're probably on YouTube. No, I, I, there were a ton of clips on YouTube way back, like, ten years ago, like, when I was getting into my Kevin Smith phase. They might even still be up. But, th- yeah, that's how I, you know, I first heard about the John Peters Superman story. And well, I've seen that The whole so Tim much. Burton thing. Like, those clips Plus, have I mean, been I've there seen for a while, that. Sure. I've, I've seen that fucking documentary, too. So, you know. Yeah, but the Evening With story, that's probably the best one. Well, he retells that story in a documentary. Like, that, the documentaries basically stem from that story. They're like, oh, how, how can we actually turn this? And Yeah, but when he has an audience to laugh along with it and it feels like stand-up. Well, like, when you actually get to see... It's just way see, more entertaining. Not the picture, but when you get to see the actual test the footage of the suits with Nicolas Cage in it with the long hair, that is worth that that's watch. That's actually on there? Yes. That is worth... Okay, where is this? i got to watch it. I don't know if it's on the internet. Just watch the movie. Watch The Death of Superman Lives What Happened. It's not the best documentary, but it is a very interesting one. And it has a lot of good interviews, including Tim Burton, which is impossible to do. I I still don't know how they got that done. Um, Wow. And it, it really goes into everything. They have... They have, like, previses. They have, like, storyboards. They have animations done from storyboards. They they go through the whole thing. Like, it is a very interesting uh, just chronicle. Like, it could have made a podcast. Like, it, if they didn't want to do a movie, and they probably would have made a lot more money if they had done that somehow. Uh, but, yeah, check that out. Like, not in terms of being a good documentary, but important Kevin Smith history, important, like, blockbuster history, DC history, Tim Burton history, etc., uh, really interesting. Um, so yeah, I don't know what this film is going to be about. Kuro is here, but I'm I'm sure I'll get around to it eventually. Kind of like his holidays film, mm. whenever I get around to that. Uh, the other one is is superhero related, going from Superman to X Men. Simon Kinberg is officially directing X Men: Dark Phoenix. I guess that's a yay. Uh, who gives a fuck? Uh, Jas- a j- main producer slash writer, somewhat active writer slash I guess director. now first time director. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, he's been on movie sets enough that he knows how things work and what to do. But it's coming out this time next year, though. I, I don't know. It's it's like, you know, the, the thing about tentpoles like this, uh, usually the director announcements tend to be more inspiring choices of, like, you know, names that we can trust that are going to try well, to produce quality. Less and so less. Like, throwing in... look at the very first guy that they had attached to The Flash. I've never directed a movie before. I'm going to make that one. Rick Fuyama. No, oh, wait, no, the that guy. first guy. Yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah, about well, uh, Seth Graham Smith. Yeah, yeah, but how did that turn out? Then they were like, yeah, maybe not, you know. Um, but I mean, yeah, usually it's like someone up and coming or someone that we know has an artistic vision. So, I mean, yeah, in this case, like, I don't know what, what Simon Kinberg. Not not saying he's a bad uh, filmmaker, weird bet, but though. director. Yeah, kind of a weird. I mean, choice. It, Jessica Chastain may play the villain, which may be good. 
um, especially because well, the X Men films mean, they set the release date for next year, right? Yeah. So There's, is he going to have that producer mentality where he just tries to rush it out? These fast? are being rushed out. They're putting three X Men movies out next year. They have Dark Phoenix. They have the New Mutants. But this was just announced. Yeah. Like, earlier. This yeah. Well, year. all three of them were. That's really fun. Deadpool fast. two, New Mutants, and Dark Phoenix. All three are coming next year. Plot. Pr- Probably also a Legion season two, probably that Deadpool animated show. Like X Men is the train that Fox can't stop. I'm sure, there's gonna be video games and VR tie-ins and God knows what else. And I don't. I feel like we reached the peak. It might dwindle at that point. What I hope like, happens. I don't know, do you think Deadpool two will be that big? It's I'm gonna so be sure. big. They're already teasing it. Like you, you have pictures of Josh Brolin. These are fun. I just don't know if it's... It, it feels like a one-trick pony. I, I'm worried it's going to be repetitive. It's like Josh Brolin's already posting pictures in the gym with his new haircut, and you got, like, Ryan Reynolds in front of the X-Mansion, so they're probably already mid-production. Um, I just hope that this Dark Phoenix movie actually takes place in the 90s, because then it would almost line up with the X3 timeline, and it would <laughs> almost make sense. Like, it's not scatterbrained in the way that it is... But who knows? I don't know. Mm. Mm. Uh, last little news here is just because uh, that Tupac movie just came out. RJ Siler of uh, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl fame and Power Rangers is next up on Yay. the hip-hop biopic train. He's set to play 2 Live crew leader Luther Campbell. Uh, the funny news item about this is apparently his parents met and fell in love at a 2 Live crew concert. So he is almost born to play this role. Uh, this is going to be kind of like uh, Straight Out Compton meets the People versus Larry Flint. So, I don't know. It's going to. Because it basically, if you're not familiar with 2 Live Crew, which were like one of the first big rap groups that had like super sexually provocative music, they uh, had to like beat a court case where they were able to prove that their music was like parody. Uh, and they didn't get in trouble for like recycling um, like lyricism slash like melody. But, hey, he's a good actor. He's not in much, even if he was in, in Power Rangers. Um, well, and uh, RJ, uh, how do you pronounce his I think it's I think it's Siler. Siler or Kyler. Yeah, I mean, good rising star, man. Like, you know, good. if he's leading Great something in me and now, Earl. like, hopefully this could be a breakout. Yeah, yeah. Even, I mean, you know, even if it's not, I don't know, the most authentic. Uh, I'm just the black uh, friend that likes lollipops. Autism. Like, you know, he was still oh, fun to Power watch. Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were <laughs> you, you love her girl you love that girl <laughs> I need to rewatch that is that me and Earl yeah that w- that, that's my no. that's my little impression that's really yeah. like all like all I remember about that movie is like him always like eating food like that's it but I own that movie now like by that the way. that was like a four dollar DVD at Target that's a good deal but it was worth it Even yeah like, I watched that last year and it was just it really hit the, me a lot. The more way the his character time. is set up, where it's like, yeah, we fell in love because he loves food, and he's always coming to my f- house because my dad always makes him stuff. He's like, ooh, this is some good lasagna. <laughs> There's truth to that, man. That's how superficial high school relationships are. Well, that wasn't even like, high school. They've have been you had that moment where they've you, been friends yeah, since they're hanging out. In high no, they've been friends since like the beginning of life. Wasn't okay, it? grade school in yeah. general. Like, it's funny, isn't it, when you think back on friends like that, like that you just relate on the most basic stuff, but then you get to adulthood and you might still keep in contact every once in a while. Well, now it, but it, it's you're not, not about exactly close friends. Like now you've grown into meeting more of the people that are like up. Now your it's alley, about what beers you, know? you have in common. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> not just that. No. No, that's uh, that's different. Coworkers, that's like the version of high school friends. You know, if, if you just go out and have beers with them, but then y- you kind of just your conversations are not really conversations. It's just you venting about bullshit. 
you know, like, fuck the president, fuck this person I work with, fuck, uh, fuck Verizon, fuck AT&T, f- you know, you, you kind of just, yeah. Fuck the uh, add-on any, items. Anything that, where the world is just treating you unfairly and you're like, that's bullshit, you know? Well, I do... Just first world problems. It may be bullshit and it's definitely a first world problem, but that is the end of the show and it's the end of uh, this show. Thanks for being with us, people. It's been a long two years. It's been an even longer 100 episodes. Um, whatever we do next, I hope you're there. And if you're not there for that, hopefully check out Death to Cinema, Dollar Views, a few dollars more. Or if we do fucking Penny Thoughts, whatever comes back, wherever's made in the future. We hope you're there for the ride. If you're listening to this in the near future and you're like, damn, we got something right, let us know. We'd love the feedback. I'm sure we won't take down our email addresses. If you didn't find us... You can, again, still. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, WordPress, Tumblr. We're on Google Play Music, iTunes, Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube. That's such a long list. Uh, where can they find you, Steve? You know, even though I don't check it all the time, I do sometimes check Steve at DollarReviews.net. I should get better at that at some point in the future. But, hey, always on Twitter. Um, even if I may not actively tweet a lot, I do check it. That's S underscore MTX. Uh, you can check out my film diary on Letterboxd. Same name, same thing. Same goes for me, Brian Gillis, B-R-Y-O-N, G-I-L-L-I-S, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. Uh, I did write a little review um, for uh, for the Robo. Yeah, thanks for being with us. Did you just put one up? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, because I looked at your Letterboxd today, and I was like, oh, he hasn't put that up yet. You didn't see Starship Troopers there, did you? No, we left. No? I no. saw it. Stupid. I saw it in, like, December, so I didn't necessarily need to watch it again. And we already did the Q&A, and then on top of that, it was already kind of late, and I was hungry. Um, but Fair enough. I don't know. Like I, I like Starship Troopers, but it's not a RoboCop. Um, you know? Yeah, no. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but i got to check that out again at some point. Oh, yeah, but um, anyway, yeah, but uh, that's the show. Fitting end on uh, Paul Verhoeven of there. Of course, always. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. See you around the web. <laughs>